I have to thank my mom for listening to that man and making me hate a lot of things. Because I get a lot of joy out of it. I get a lot of joy from disappointment. Yeah. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. Must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? I had a thought. Now it's gone. Okay, welcome to Roast Mortem, the bravest and thinnest podcast on the face of the planet. I am Tom. Tom, how dare you? I'm Chunk. I'm Travis. Thick boy. I am your medium-build Cody for this evening. Hello. And we are down Mike again. Mike is also too chonk right now. Who? Mike's so chonk. He's that, that thick is. boy, that thick. Right. So, uh, just in case you haven't heard this podcast before, uh, Mike is an intern, and we are a history <laughs> podcast. You may have gathered that from the intro. What's going on, guys? Travis, how was your how are you? week? Yo, my week. Uh, let me see. Uh, I've been playing a lot of. I've been working a lot, and I've been playing a lot of Magic: The Gathering online. Really? Yes. What's that I have a really you? good deck that's full of just cats, and I like to kill people with all my cats. I hate that. Uh, have <laughs> you been playing with our friend Garbage Andy? No, I need to get his name. Yeah, I've he... been playing with random people. Okay, Garbage Andy is a Twitch streamer, a uh, friend of ours, and also a uh, questionable human being. Well, we're, we're, both, yep. we're both MTG boys, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what that means. Magic, Magic the, the Gathering. Gathering. Oh. Cody, From how was the... your week? No! We're, I'm a wizard! I don't Cody, care about I, your wizard week. I want to know about your real week, and you're not willing to talk about it. Well, okay. That was my real week. <laughs> you are fun. Okay, Cody. <laughs> uh, slightly less fun than Magic the Gathering, believe it or not. I, I, I've been sick all week. What kind of sick? I've, I've been blowing... I've, I've been fucking blowing, like, molten glue out of my ass since, like, fucking Tuesday, and I hate it. Cody, when you described it to me before the show started, you said it was like hot nacho cheese, which I could way more relate to. Was it that color? This is disgusting. Um, Let me ask you something. Cody. Do you want to talk about this or Magic the Gathering, you asshole? Me? I want to talk about this. (laughs) I want to talk about the shit coming out of your ass because it's a lot more real. Uh huh. Yeah. That's what I thought. My cats are real. (laughs) Cody, tell me about your Dorito shits. Yeah, just blowing through toilet paper. I think I'm fine now, but. Uh, we'll see how many bathroom breaks I have to take during the show. Do you guys use toilet paper in Hawaii, or do you, like, shit on your hand and then, like, th- flick it against a palm tree? We do the toilet paper thing, thank you, oh, okay. fucking Just asshole. checking. I don't know. No, in different cultures in different parts of the no. world, and not in America, they do things differently when they oh. poop. Hawaii, not in America. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, I'll have to get my passport renewed when I come to visit you. Yeah. <laughs> and also bring your toilet paper, I guess. <laughs> yep. That's ninety oh, percent of my baggage is just toilet paper. You know what? You know what? There is something else I did besides plays magic. I tried to go this. There's a chain restaurant in in uh, Oregon called Hawaiian Time, and I was thinking about you, Cody. I'm gonna go. I'm like, let's go to Hawaiian Time, and it, it looks like a regular drive-through, but th- like when you pull up to the window, it's like a like a science fair billboard is their window to like order. 
Oh, there's like, like trifolds. Yeah, like a trifold, and I pulled up to it. Like none of the lights are on, but like I've passed it before, and none of the lights are on, and people are ordering food. And I pulled up to the thing. And it was like, oh, appliance isn't working, brother. Can't get can't can't make that spam sandwich for you. Okay, Cody, that's what they said. No appliances are necessary for a spam sandwich. You that's realize what I'm that, thinking, right, dude? <laughs> Just crack the tin and put it between bread. Oh, man. Tom, how much spam did you eat this week? None. I, I, what I do? Man, I had all this time to think about what I did this week. Just be sick <sighs> like me. Yeah, no, I mean, like, dude, you know, I've been in the basement. I got a lot of snow over here, so I've been avoiding the snow. Dude, I'm so uh, jealous oh, about here's a snow. fun thing. I watched my dad use a snowblower, something <laughs> that he's been dying to use for the last two years because we... We got it for him as a gift, and, you know, he's just like, I can't wait to get this thing out there. Man, you know how, like, that's supposed to speed up the job? Yeah. He had yeah. some kind of setting where it was lifting. It was like grass setting, like how to clear your grass, but on the, on the fucking driveway. <laughs> so he's out there for, like, four hours, like, doing a driveway. That's It's not huge. It's not a Walmart parking lot. This is a driveway that fits four cars uh, inconveniently. Okay? Uh, Four hours. So he's doing it like layer by layer. Like he started, like if you went to the barber, he started on like an eight and then just like started to work down. Kind of. Yeah, that's a good analogy for what was happening. (laughs) Instead of just starting with the zero, he went from the eight and worked his way back. (laughs) So that was kind of fun from this week. Uh, so you can really feel alive when you're shoveling snow. And that's something I won't miss when I move down south. Uh-huh. So let's roll into the show. I don't want to keep talking about me or snow or Magic the Gathering or diarrhea from ass. What is? <laughs> what are we talking about tonight? Who's Where on else does it come from? <laughs> well, we are going to be we're uh, in true roast morning fashion. We're going to be talking about some duty in a little bit. But guess what, boys? It's 2021. Oh. Not not really now, but when you're hearing this, it's 2021. Are things better yet? Nightmare's over, dude. It now doesn't matter. A whole new, a whole new nightmare of new existence. Nightmare. Neo <laughs> neo nightmares. This is this is going to be a hell of a year too. I don't know why people like to think that uh, uh, bad events happen to stop at convenient times. Well, it's 2021. Welcome to the future. 2021 is going to be like the cyberpunk launch. Yeah. Everything is going to glitch. Yeah, we're recording this like a month before you're hearing it. Just for everyone to know. So we get it. The Joe Biden assassination already happened. We're all sad. <laughs> we're over it already. Let's oh, keep going. man. Oh, Can you boy. imagine if reality unfolds like that? Oh, God. There's going to be like a fucking CIA, like men in black is going to like show up to your house and just be like... We heard yeah, what you said. Yeah, your dad's gonna be like, whoa, 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 fuck face. Yeah. So, okay, just throwing this That's out what there. Tom's dad does. Just covering my ass. Uh, I don't love the guy, but I also don't want him dead. How's that sound? Okay. We can so, continue oh, now. Over the past few years, Satire. Roast Mortem has been a fountain of information across every scholarly field. Right? We've given out PhDs from our double accredited university program that we offer. Mm-hmm, that's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everything is taught from science, right? There's things you can learn outside of the scientific field. We don't need no. the scientific testing and scientific method. No, you're fucking wrong. Shut up. Science mm-hmm. is everything. Tom, you're a man of the world. We don't need science all the time, right? Yeah, Cody, I appreciate you. 
and I appreciate your love for science, but you're wrong. No. You don't need science all the time. All the time science. Yeah, that's too excessive science. You need, you gotta, you gotta, what you need is heart. What you need is soul. What you need is good cooking and to be good looking. Okay? So what, to, what Tom is talking about is the sentiment that our subject uh, would very much share. But tonight we're entering a realm that we have not discussed thus far and we are now experts in. Child so, care. I'm so afraid. Yeah, <laughs> of child care, am, hey, yes. I am out of my league. Yeah, let me child get my care. notes out. Yeah. No, no, no. We are the experts. Are you thinking about having a baby? What better place to come than three men who uh, don't have any dumpster spawns? And uh, I'm assuming, I don't know about you, Cody, I don't want children. I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. It's one of those things where it's just like, I'd let it happen. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> shove anyone down the stairs if they suddenly got a, like, you know, a, a baby bump. <laughs> I but, let it happen. Imagine, let it happen. <laughs> imagine that conversation. Um, talking to your kid. Yeah, w- I let you happen. Not a little miracle you know, of my life. There's You're not so special. many fathers out there that, like, when, like, you know, their son or daughter is acting up, and he's just like, I let you happen, and this is how you repay me? Oh, yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Okay, fair enough. Uh, Travis, what, what, who, why are we talking about child children? Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, MILFs, we see you out there. We see you. Cody especially, yeah, we do. Cody especially sees you. I got you. Uh, but we're going to teach you about how to raise a child, uh, thanks oh, to our subject. Good. God. We're going to teach you. Good. Live long and prosper was something that our subject did not say. We are roasting Dr. Spock, not Mr. Oh, what Spock. What the fuck is going on here? Okay, I'm in. You, ne- you never heard about Dr. Spock? It's no. probably because your vagina wasn't torn open in post-war America. But Dr. Spock was once one of the biggest stars in America. In fact, he was ranked in the top 100 most influential Mer- Americans during the 20th century. Wow, really? Fancy. I yes. never heard of this guy. Because everyone knows about Mr. Spock. Because he yeah. can do weird fucking uh, he, hand signals. He's got fucking bad SEO is what you're saying, Travis. Yeah. Mm. He got over... Oh, he had great SEO, but it was overshadowed by Gene Roddenberry. Right. And Leonard. And Leonard. And Leonard. So as mm. we will learn, this dude, Mr. Spock, radically changed the way people raise their children in America. They called them Spock babies. What? You never heard about that term, but that Negative. was an actual term. Spock babies. Um, we might know them as decrepit, lead paint eating sociopaths, baby boomers. Oh. oh, I know, I know one or two. Yeah, you know a few out there. Yeah, I think everyone listening to this, uh, you might be a boomer, but you definitely know a boomer. And to to those of you that are boomers, I say okay. Yeah, I'm all right. All right, boomer. I'm beyond boomer hate at this point. Let's go. Yeah. They're fine. I like my dad and my mom, okay? Tell me more yeah. about how they were doing it. All right. Not so Dr. them doing it. Don't tell me how my parents had sex. Tell me how they were raised. I want to know. I don't. I just. They made a beautiful baby boy. I said something wrong, okay? They did it. Now tell me how they did it. How they Raising. did it. Dr. Spock was not some evil villainous character, right? We all know the trope. Okay, boomer, whatever, and boomers are fucking mean. Uh, Dr. Spock was, I think, generally a good man. He fought for civil rights alongside Dr. Martin Luther King, for fuck's sake, right? Who's that? 
Uh, it was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It was a joke. Okay. No, I like him. He's good. Did you say it quick enough to avoid the cancel? I don't yeah. know. I don't care I don't about know. being canceled. Th- there was like a half a second in there. Something I've realized is that we don't have an audience that cares about what we say. We still have people coming back to the show, so I can't get canceled. <laughs> yeah, there's something wrong with them. <laughs> there's something right? very wrong with a lot of people. They're great people, but um, oh, yeah, they're yeah, my kind yeah. of people. Yeah, Let's put it that way. Continue. I think his heart was in a good place. But Dr. Spock saw the world as black and white, and a lot of his ideas were very misguided, and he certainly did not practice what he preached. So when you look at the fictional version of, you know, Mr. Spock, you know, he's a Vulcan, right? And he uses logic, science, reasoning to get to the bottom of uh, issues. Right. Yeah, baby! Like a Cody. And then yeah. when, we, when, we, when I go down on my Skype and I look at Tom... I see Dr. Spock, a real-life scientist that used his gut over his brain and shot from the hip. This, this, all right, I'm done with this show. I'm fucking (laughs) done with this show. I get the, I do things. I did it, okay? I made things happen sometimes, okay? All right, that's Don't talk shit about shooting from the hip. Okay. Dude, what's what's wrong with shooting from the hip? It's spraying, that's what I'm saying. You just painted a picture of me not being so great with, with things. And yeah, I have my faults, but I'm here to do business. With your hips. Talking shit about me. Also, to be fair, uh, if you're new to the show, I like to I like this I like speaking to the new people of the show. Because a lot of listeners already know. If you're new to the show, I talk sh- so much shit about Travis. So it's fun to get defensive uh, unnecessarily when he says the slightest thing wrong with me. Um, <laughs> it helps when I'm shitting on him in the long run. It's a long con. But anyway, uh, let's go. Uh, look at Tom, Mr. Tom, shooting his macaroni from the hip. I'm having fun. Now, now Benjamin McLean Spock was born 1903 in New Haven, Connecticut to a very, very, very rich family. Okay. Ooh. You know the stereotypical New England family, hyper-suppressed, constantly worrying about their appearance, and quick to up their neighbor's landscaping. Ooh, topiaries. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, you guys have driven through uh, through, uh, Connecticut. Yeah, dude. I made it all the way to Rhode Island one time. They're even worse than Rhode Island. And they told me to turn around. It's Are you one of them train. boys from across the sound? I can smell everything bagel on your fucking mouth, sir. Get out of here with your stupid New York license plate. They, they talk so, like that in New England, by the way. If you don't know that, you need a passport to get there, too. Yeah, fuck family guy. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Ben was the eldest of the f- Spock children. His uh-huh. father was a Yale graduate and made buckets of money working on the railroad. Not like working on the railroad like a Chinese man, like a right. Chinaman. Oh, mm. like he working. He was the one with the whip. Racist. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, good. he was the one with the whip. Oh. Right. Fine. Uh, but he was one of those, you know, typical absent fathers. You know, he reads the paper, gets on the Connecticut rail, and goes to Manhattan and builds more railroads. That's fine, right? Uh-huh. Ben was left completely with his dominating, harping, overbearing mother, Mildred Spock. Oh, the Dommy Mommy? Dommy Mommy. And not in like a cool kind of way. Oh, uh-oh. Sorry, oh, Cody. God. Get horny, Cody. Get horny. You are too late to say that. <laughs> <laughs> 
to say Ben had mommy issues was an understatement. I mean, throughout this dude's entire adult life, he continually bitched and moaned about how his mother had fucked him up because of the shit that she did to him as a child. Like, grow up. Like, grow up. what kind of stuff would she do? Would she give him egg salad sandwiches when he requested right. ham? So Mildred was one of those people that would read some type of health craze or some anecdotal factoid and then apply it to her family without doing any research or, or reasoning. Right. Oh, you know, the Oprah type book club members. Yeah. Right. Shave your child and rub them down with coconut oil every night before they go to bed. So the big example was okay. that her, uh, her, she read something that children should not eat meat or fat. Uh, so the family became vegetarian. So they really ate did. loads of fruits, vegetables, and eggs. But the thing was, not all fruit is created equal. No, 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 no. Mildred read that tropical fruits were bad for children's constitution. So bananas were off limits. Oh, no, no, can't have that. Wait, you mean those gay fruits? <laughs> yeah, phallic fruits? Yeah, no phallic fruits. fruits. Only ball-shaped fruits. You suck the ball. She made Ben so scared about eating bananas that some school ground bullies actually beat him up and tried to force him to eat bananas. Nice. You know, I got to yeah. shout out my Those... younger sister, Emily Saltman, who's been on the show with the Sawny Bean episode. She is definitely afraid of watermelon. And her younger friends, uh, when she was in high school, threw a bunch of watermelon at her. Now, this is an irrational fear, and I think she's an idiot for even embracing this whatsoever. heavy. Oh, they just tossed, they tossed <laughs> eight heavy, or nine man. watermelons at her. Those are heavy. I think she was playing yeah, soccer. Hurts. They just they just threw them at her. She was she was crying. She's all sticky. The bees are. I'm like, what's wrong? <laughs> it's just a few the bees. bees. My eyes. It's just bees, and, and she was Such very good big she was very injured. And the thing I just want to point <laughs> out is that she didn't have a sense of humor about because it was a joke. So continue about the the man who would not suck bananas. I'm just picturing your sister like bleeding out, bludgeoned to death, like bees all over her body, and Tom's like, bah! "Well, she reacted as such." I don't remember the details. I remember screaming in the house. Younger boy, <laughs> oh, my 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 youngest sister is screaming. Uh, <laughs> good times continue. Yeah. Of course, Mildred thought the most healthy thing for children was fresh air. Oh. Right? I mean, that's like an old trope. It's probably a good thing. You got to get outside every once in a while. I think kids need to enjoy the natures. Yeah. I enjoyed natures when I was a child, too. Mm -hmm. Nature's fun. Except yeah. for when that ant bit me in the ball sack while I was playing with my Tonka trucks. You keep mentioning that as if it's true. I don't believe the story. I don't know. Maybe you'll find out. You I see them scars from all them ants by my balls. I'm not looking at your balls. N yeah. All right. Well, maybe you'll find out. I'm not opening any emails with attachments from you. All right, Tom. Maybe when you least expect it, maybe you'll find out. Great. Okay, continue. Mildred took this fresh air thing to the extreme. Now, a bunch of, like her and a bunch of wealthy housewives, hired a few teachers from the local school and set up an outdoor fresh air school right okay. across the street from the public school. Okay. Now you think, oh, this guy cool. He's learning outside. That's great. Let's sit on I stumps. I love that. Right, sit on stumps, do math. Yeah. You know, when you were a kid, you used to freak out when like the teacher was like, "All right, we're having this lesson outside." You're like, 
<laughs> Yay. I can't wait to not hear you that well because the walls uh, kind of help keep the sound in here. And the yeah. guy's not mowing the lawn in the classroom, per se. And there's there's no bees inside the school, which, yes. you know, is perfectly fine. I don't know why we're rolling the dice with bees with, with this whole outside thing. Yeah, I mean, I remember doing some classes outside. That was fun, right? You know, mm-hmm. you, dig a, you don't have to listen to the teacher. You dig up dirt and worms and ants. And, and that shit. Yeah. But this whole outdoor school for them was only outdoors. This meant that during the winter in Connecticut, when they get covered in feet, feet, feet and foots of snows, feet right. of snow, mm-hmm. the kids were out there, you know, freezing their ass off trying to learn. It's fine. All right. But another thing on top of that was that it was like across the street from the public school. Right. So they were constantly being berated by the public school kids being like, look at them snow boys. Well, Why don't you get inside? Were you poor? Like, no, we're the richest ones in the, in the, in the yards. <sighs> yeah, you know what? Maybe they, mm. they deserve that berating. Maybe yeah. maybe these rich children should be put in their place a little bit. You know that they're going to get Jeep Laredos before all the other kids. <laughs> right. So maybe a little like softening. Like birthday. Yeah. Da-da bought me a cutlass. <laughs> Da-da. Wow. Now, I'm sorry, Travis. I have been drinking, so you're, I'm going to ask questions. What year, what year is this so, again? What year is this again? Okay, so he was born in 1903, so we're talking about like 1910-ish. Okay, yeah. cool, around that time. Okay, yeah. cool. Sorry, I know a lot of our people are driving to work right now, also drinking, so they need that refresher. Continue. Here's you a hang pro- tough. Yeah, well, here's a pro tip if you're driving to work. Just roll your window down a little bit and let some of the bees out. I can't, I can't argue with that. No. So anyway, Ben grows up with this crazy mother. Uh, he gets into Yale because daddy was an alumni and he's got money. Mm, but nice. since he, Yale is in New Haven, uh-huh. Ben's family also lives in New Haven. His mom is like, you're not dorming there because you're going to have sex and smoke cigarettes and drink. That's what I would do. Yeah. So Ben is all pissed about this. And his father who went to Yale and was from New Haven. He got to dorm there when he went to school. Uh, so he's like, Daddy, why can't I dorm? And his dad's like, I don't know. Shut up. Listen to your mom. Yeah, I, I'm on I, the railroad. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. You know, when I went to Yale, son, we also had a, 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 a Yale road, we called it. Uh, a Yale road is uh, because they don't allow the women into school. It's a bunch of men having... Gay butt sex. And this is uh-huh. not because we are gay. It is because we want to pass the time on the <laughs> Yale Road. It's a good time. I wish you could participate in a Yale Road, but your mother was not very happy when I told her about those. No. Therefore, you will not be going to Yale. No Yale Roads for you. Dude, he's at Yale, but he just he can't sleep there. And his second year, uh, Mildred allowed him to get a dorm. But he was not allowed to sleep in the dorm. He had to come home every night. So, so basically, they were buying him like a room to like hang out in during the day. And that's then, that's all. You just need a couple hours to jerk off several times when you're that age. It's fine. <laughs> it's really fine if you can get it out of your system by the time you get home. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Ben needed a way to live on campus full time. He felt like this was how he was going to become a man. And this man was a lot of men. He was about six. Four, real Whoa. giant lanky boy. Right. 
And he's like, all right, I'm going to join the crew team just yeah. to get away from my mother. And then I can lie to her and say the coach prefers the crew to stay on campus. Yeah, just Ma- so we sense. can have a yeah. Yale train. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the what do you guys, how do you guys think about crew teams? I feel like crew. there's a, yeah, crew. Tell me about crew. It's I feel like fine. I'd be good at it. Yeah. I feel like, that, yeah, that's an, ex- that's an exercise that Cody would be very good at. Because yeah, you, you don't really need to think, back. you just go. Yeah. Cody likes to think about other things. He doesn't want to think about plays and footballs and, and swinging bats. No, 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 no. Right. Just sitting there getting the exercise and going, ah, oh, man, I can think about whatever I want right now. I yeah. can go this like, far. I hope yeah. there's not a waterfall behind me. I'm, I am 100% for crew. I like crew people. I think God, they're you- weird. I think they're the stage crew of the athletic world. I yeah, think that they're baby. freaky. <laughs> it's very true. You guys are very white. Did you just, just say crew? Crew? Yes, Gabriella. Yeah, oh, no, hi. she's a Gabriella's a crew person. She's also freaky. Woo ha. Woo. So anyway, uh Ben turned out to be a good rower. Is that what you call a crewer? Uh rowist. Yeah, rowist. Rowist. Yeah. Rowist. Yeah. A Roanoke. <laughs> right. Rowan. Rowaner. A Rowan Atkinson. He was a good Rowan Atkinson. And the Yale team ended up going to the Olympics as the U.S. team in the <laughs> 1924 Paris Games. And they Olympics? won gold. So we wow. got an Olympian wow. on the show. That's amazing. Wow. We're, we're, wait, that. we, this is our first athlete we've had. Everyone else sits in chairs all the time. Yeah. Who else is an athlete? No one that we've covered. No one uh, likes to do run. <laughs> no one likes to do run at all. <laughs> Wait, very, dumb? Very good. People who do run aren't interesting. Hence, we don't yeah. cover. Continue. After Please. he is now an, a gold medal Olympiast, he was able not, to join the Yale fraternity, the Skull and Key. Oh, dude, that's all presidents. Wait a yeah, no. not the not the bone. What was the other one? Bone, skull and bones. Skull and bones. This is a scroll and key. Scroll and key is scrotum key. Man, there's a lot of dangerous things happening there. A lot of things. Look, I won't get into it. Buy Bitcoin. Continue, Travis. Oh, come on. Also, Ben gets a girlfriend and he puts it in her butt, and be they get married. Congratulations! Yay! The rings inside you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are the ring. Yeah, Congratulations. right? Congratulations. You are the weakest ring. His wife, Jane, was a highly intelligent, independent woman. She was co- college educated, came from even a wealthier family than Ben's, wow. and she was set on a career in psychology. So now we're in like 1920, so this is shunned upon even more so than we do today. I yeah, feel like shame and witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. Jane is more impressive than Ben. I think. Okay, well, tell me about Jane. What what's up? What'd she look like? Well, she looked pretty good. She's de- decent looking woman. Yeah, she I bad? think I think that there's. I mean, there's not so much to say about Jane. We will talk about Jane, but her intelligence is very squashed by this Ben character. Okay. Oh, good. Good. I like yeah. this. Well, let's blame it on Ben and not her appreciation for um, uh-huh, uh-huh. what's that stuff called? Uh, well, I'm totally blanking right now. Um, what's all the star sign shit called? I totally blank. Astrology. 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 Yeah, I kept thinking. I I kept thinking astronomy, and I couldn't uh, change the letters enough. Good the on real, you for knowing they're different. 
Yeah, the I, real I knew they were different, but for some reason I had a brain fart there. And uh, Guys, I'm not perfect. I know this. Travis, you just called me out for being a dipshit. Continue. <laughs> I forgot a word. At some point, Ben decides to go into medicine, specifically children medicines. <sighs> Smaller medicine. Yeah, it's tiny medicine. <laughs> Smaller briefcase. It's a lot yeah. easier to get to work. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't want to put too much arm work in. I've been rowing all day. I'm not using these eight and a half by 11s. I'm using these postcard size uh, sheets, legal pads for your prescriptions. Yeah, and golf pencils. Yeah. So right? Ben's explanation was that he worked at some summer camp for special kids while he was in college. And he was like, this is what I want to do. These guys uh, have not told me I fucked up once. I am getting into this. Ben decides to go to med school at Columbia, so him and his wife moved to New York City. Is he still mad Uh, at his mom? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff on his mom, but basically he just blames everything that's wrong with his life on his mom. Great. So Jane starts to work in the psychological field, and she starts getting psychoanalyzed as part of some research. Oh, and no. this allows Ben to be introduced to the penis-in-the-mouth man, Sigmund Freud. Yeah, baby! Shout yeah. out to Mike, who's not here, our intern. Uh, he he loves Sigmund, uh, <laughs> Siegfried and Sig- Roy, as he Siegfried says. Siegfried Freud. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he he'll never get it right, and we don't want him to. I wa- I want to like chloroform him and just like tattoo that on his lower back. <laughs> God, I, I miss him so much. Continue. So at this time, Sig- Sigmund Freud. I almost said Siegfried and Freud. <laughs> Sigmund yeah, Freud is alive, but he hates the American scientific community because he thinks they're a bunch of prudes. Uh huh. He oh. talks about vajangis. Right, he's going to conventions, and he's just like, ah, oh, I could fix that, uh, you know, your hatred for your dad. Uh, let me shove my penis in your mouth and uh, <laughs> take that temperature. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's th- I don't even hate my dad. I don't know why you I think s- that. I just I- told I just told you I was late to an appointment the other day, and you said I hate oh. my dad. <laughs> so him intro- getting introduced into Freudian psychology was a very big turning point for Ben's whole life. And his outlook on baby advice throughout his career, which we were going to get into. Uh, He basically just copied and pasted Freud's ideas. Okay. They're not great ideas to steal. You know what I mean? It's just like, you want to bang your mom, don't you? It's like, I mean, really? Historically, that's just kind of what happens all the time. Like, look at the entire genre of rap. Everyone has been copy pasting Little Wayne. Since 2005, and the results have been less than flattering. I know. One of my favorite is the microbial Yachty. Yes. And it's. Oh my God. That's, he is very fun, actually. I like his Yachty. music. Microbial Yachty is a fun man. He is. He, microbial Yachty. Do you mean <laughs> little Yachty? Is that what you're saying, or is that a different man? No, this is a, a tinier version of Lil Yachty. Oh, um, a smaller in- URL yeah. to that, that leads me to a different sound cloud. Yeah. Infinitesimal Yachty. Wow. That's fun. Okay. But th- now, that's my point. People will copy the, the worst ideas out there. Yeah. No so problem. now we haven't roasted Freud yet. We will get there. There's a lot to cover with this opium addict, sex addict boy. Don't rush us. 
Don't rush us. Trust me, we're going to get there. But essentially, Freud's theories mainly stemmed from the individual's relationship to their mother, to their father, to their pee-pee, to their whole fun. Their butthole is also fun. And the head flashlight. Uh, that, the, the, the brain? That's an anachronism. No, the head flashlight is the mouth, dude. It's where you put food in when you're not having fun with Those it. Those weird me. It was called Mouth those. Before. It has a name. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cody is here. I have recruited Cody to be our Freud expert. I got you. I got so, Cody, you can probably explain a little bit better than Mouth Flashlight. Uh, head flashlight. Just a little bit. I think I can do a little bit better than Mouth Flashlight. Thank you, sir. Okay. So, uh, Sigmund, Fro- uh, you know, Sigmund Freud is a quackpot a little bit. His, his fucking teachings are aren't adhering as well as they used to back in the day. But he was the guy that's just like, hey, you have an oral fixation. That's the first, like, Freudian stage of baby making is, or baby development. It's like, oh, you like shoving things in your mouth. Your pleasure center is in your mouth when you're, like, a, 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 a really small baby. You know what I mean? It's like mm. breastfeeding, chewing on fucking, like, lint, and, like, putting mulch in your face. Yeah, you that's gotta- where babies get off. You- Call that milk seeking. Yeah. Milk hunting. Yeah, milk hunting. Shout out to Milf Hunter. Great website. Great website. I hope that guy's still alive. Well, speaking of Milf Hunter, after the oral stage is the anal stage, as you know, those websites often progress. Yeah. Travis. Down the rabbit hole, my friend. Yeah, and then then, Best is when you include the milk into the anus. Milk enema. Cody, keep experting. Keep experting. <laughs> get out of that. After the oral stage, we have the anal stage, and that's when uh, kids get off on pooping. Just like they just poop everywhere. They're just like, they like the relief. And it becomes a battle between like parents and children when it comes to potty training. And that's like a lot of like, we're. That's where the roots of like some childhood fuckery begin. It's just like, my parents are telling me I can't poop anywhere now. I have to poop in the in the bucket thing with water. Right. Fuck this. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a real human should poop wherever it wants. Okay. Mm-hmm. And well, and then, uh, how's Portland? Continue. <laughs> and then we have the phallic stage, believe it or not, and that's just the uh, the, the 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 weird Freudian stage where he's like, uh, boys like their mom want to fuck their moms, and girls want to fuck their dads, and it's just like, uh, maybe I don't know. I know I made a dummy mommy joke earlier, but like. I'm being serious now, maybe. <laughs> and then after that, you have the latency stage, which is just where you, where you're a kid and you don't care about sex anymore. It's just like I'm gonna I, I'm I, I care about Legos. And so that's puppies. like some Peter Pan shit, right? Yeah. You, you know, so that's his kind of like scope on where this childhood trauma comes from, and just kind of verifies what I said before. He's just like Little Wayne. Terrible. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make <laughs> any sense. And then after this dormant stage where, like, n- like you know, your average human doesn't care about sex because they're too busy learning, comes the last stage, the, the the fucking genital stage, where you realize, like, oh, my God, I've got a penis and or clitoris, and it feels great to do things to it. And then that's where, you know, we all go off and, you know, shag broads or dudes to our heart's content because we've... Uh, transcended the childhood Freudian stages of development. Well, that's when you start to enter the rainbow party territory. When you learn about <sighs> different color lipsticks 
And how many colors can you get on your penis? It's different for everyone. Mm. It's different for everyone, yeah. Travis. Uh, well, 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 what do we have here? We have an episode of Roast Mortem that's covering all the bases within a very short amount of time. <clears throat> cocky, cocky duty. That's what my grandma used to say. Cocky duty, whatever. Um, I feel assaulted by you, Cody. Why? Tom's in you... his anal stage. Yeah, I'm in my anal stage and you're, you, and you have violated my thought process and it's 2020. So you can't tell me otherwise. I identify as, <laughs> as an anal. Okay. God, this 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 it's is gross. this is a fun time. Okay, so where are we going from here? Ben was like, so you mentioned uh thank you Cody, by the way, for explaining the Freudian <laughs> upbringing. Yeah. And so a lot of your psychological problems would evolve from being suppressed by certain feelings your you parents. have in the anal, you know, what anals and fucking oral and dang. Yeah, your parents come along. He's like, right. don't suck on that. Don't poop there. And you're just like, you're not the boss of me. Oh, wait, you are. Right. I honestly so, got to say, I know that not all of them are great, but thank God for parents. Because we'd have some really fucked up people if, if, if we weren't told no every now and then. Tom, we do yeah. have those fucked up people. They're called the baby boomers. So, well, okay, so I'm going to tell you about that. I'm going to tell you about that. I'm going to tell you about that. Let's go. All right, so Ben was like, if the root of all psychological problems spur primarily from your upbringing and primarily your mother, because she's supposed to be the one that's like in this world, nourishing you, right? Like child rearing. This is the turn of the century. I know we've progressed since then, ladies. Amazing. But uh, so... This guy, this man who's still afraid of bananas because his mother has berated him into fucking submission is like, oh, I kind of get it. Freud makes sense, dude. So, like, basically, if you tell the mothers, like, instead of dealing with the issues later, you should fix it in the beginning. So, basically, mothers should tell, let their kids do whatever the fuck they want. No No discipline. Because that means that they will never have nasty little quirks in the future. <sighs> At the expense of society crumbling. <laughs> are you, is, this, is this gentleman saying that just no more raising of children should happen? Shit him out. Give him a room. Get, bring him to Ikea once so they can pick out what kind of hammock yeah. they want to sleep in. And then put it together and call it a day. We're having hot dogs every night, Jonathan. I don't care. So I'm going to give you a quick little historical rundown of childcare yeah. up until this point. Because oh, no. it's kind of interesting. God. So since the dawn of time up until about the 19th century, the only reason why you had kids were two reasons. One, it's free labor to help milk the cats and pick the broccoli in the field. Right. Yeah. And okay. number two, if you were rich... You could expand your family's wealth through marriage. They're like little pawns, right? You'd be like, "Oh, I got this little Barbara." Can I yeah, get some but that—that—that's like on the upper echelon of societies. That's what I mean. Like, if you're rich, the first—the first of what you just said is way more common. But we live in suburbs now. Shout out to Levittown. Yeah. Oh no. But that was it. You're either poor, and you're like, "This is another man that can, or woman that can milk." cows and goats and spin thread or whatever the fuck you do or you're rich and you just want to make weird marriages and inbreed yeah okay ah 
And there wasn't much raising to a kid. It was basically like the second they dribbled out of your wife's baby-making hole, you just threw them out in the field. Yep. Which Simple is fine. That. It's fine, because yeah. what do you get? Like, you get to throw them on some dirt. Yeah. Like, wait until March so the soil loosens up a bit. But just a toss bit. them out. And then along you know, came the Puritans. You know them, the belt buckle pilgrims uh, that believed yeah. that the child was born leaning towards evil. Came out, there's so yeah. much sin in the world, the child's going to be evil. So the only way to prevent that from happening is if you prevented them from being damned. And in the wise words of Bob Ross, you beat the devil out of them. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That you don't want to know that Eve shit. Know that fucking gullible lady shit talking to snakes about apples that are going to get you cast out of a fucking paradise. You want that Actually, man shit that's super obedient and goes, oh, God, I got you, man. Yeah, so that means just kicking the shit out of your kids all the time. Yeah. And then scaring the fuck out of them by telling them there's a mean Satan in the bush over there that's going to hurt you. Well, you can't prove otherwise. You can't. Well, there was a man that could prove otherwise. His name was John Locke. You may have heard of this guy. Yeah, philosopher. Good yes, guy. political philosopher behind the American democracy. But yes. before he did that, he came out with a child-rearing book. Oh, no. What? <laughs> yeah. Politics and child-rearing. Yeah, okay. This is going to go well. Yeah. So John Locke was, Locke was like, sure, you could still kick your kid's teeth in, but essentially... They were they're blank. They were blank slates to be molded, and yeah, they're baby teeth. They'll grow in again. <laughs> Say the Latin, Travis. Say the Latin. Uh, omnius Latin. No. What? Clean, clean slate. Say the Latin thing for it. I don't know. Tabula rasa. Tabula rasa. So I they're don't know what tab that means clean slate. I just. <laughs> I forgot. You're coaching Travis, and you're thumbing your asshole. How are you more behind than Travis? <laughs> I, I'm drunk, and Travis took such a long time to get down to the point. Cody, I'm let me just do this once. Thanks. All Thanks right. for keeping us on task. Go, Travis. Yeah, we All have right. some tabula rastas right here. <laughs> no. And, you know, John Locke is like, hey, you know what would be good? You got this mold slate. Like, you could still beat the shit out of it, but, like, maybe some compassion every once in a while. That might help, you know? What are you, gay? <laughs> well, he also recommended waterboarding your babies and toddlers with cold water to toughen them up <laughs> like a fucking hard-boiled egg. Shout out to Hank Williams. That's how he was born. Yeah. He would have been dead if they didn't do that to him. You can't argue with that kind of science, can you? No. I will, but can you? So then in the 19th century, uh, they were still believing in this whole blank slate, but they called them formless lumps. A term coined by Horace Bushnell. Dude, earlier today I pulled a skin tag from my armpit. Formless Ooh. Lump was a good name for it. I, I wish <laughs> yeah. I kept him. Children were often seen as little cherubs and were looked after by nurses and carefully molded into God-fearing adults. The right way. Right, but yeah. you know, like, when you're trying to make a good bologna sandwich, sometimes you need to slap it. You gotta slap the meat. You gotta tender it Tenderize up. Tenderize it. Yeah, there yeah. are there are better analogies, but we'll take that one. You don't slap your bologna when you make your sandwich. No, I I don't. I You're don't doing it wrong. No, I. Well, I you started don't know doing if I it am. wrong when you. I I think this no, no. is this is not 
the episode to talk about that. It was done wrong as soon as you consented to a bologna sandwich. No! That's kind of what I was getting at. And I don't want to. I also don't want to be too much of an asshole. I know there's a lot of people who like bologna sandwiches. Bologna and- sandwiches are great. I hear you. Just continue. Let's yeah. never speak of that. So when you're having a fantastic bologna sandwich, you got to smack the shit out of it sometimes. You gotta, you gotta bite the holes for the eyes and the mouth, right? And the ho- child abuse in the 19th century was still at an all-time high. There might be a little cherubs, but you can still fucking kick them down the stairs. Yeah, good. Flash forward to the 1920s and 30s when Spock was entering the field. The world was hyper focused on scientific reasoning, and that reflected on nice. child raising. Good. Um, so parents were told to raise their cl- kids clinically and sterilely. You don't need to hug them or kiss them because, like, they're going to don't coddle that shit. They're going to grow up. Okay. Right? Like that, that uh-huh. kind of I feel like it's that it's that American. And I almost feel like it's associated with boomers. But from doing this research, like it's it's not really. It's like the greatest generation and the silent generation of like mm. your dad doesn't fucking like kiss you because that's gay. You know, like just let leave it alone. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. that's just like a. I think that's okay. Just throwing it out there. This is how I look at it. I I don't have a kid, but none of us do. I've also come. I have I have a bunch of friends. So you go off those people, and you, uh-huh. and you're raised, and everyone in your life tells you about how 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 your parents fucked you up, and then uh, and you find these conflicting stories because everyone says that this fucked them up, and then something totally contrary fucks them up. Uh, your other friend up. It doesn't matter. You know, like your parents are your parents. They're not fucking perfect. They should hit you. We know that. Uh-huh. Should they hug you? That's on them. Maybe maybe they just want you to grow up quicker. Wow. Right. Yeah. Welcome to the real word yeah. world. Dude. So this is called so a black I, eye. All I'm saying is, is that I, I don't know. I don't know. And apparently people who claim they know fuck up their kids worse than the people who don't know. Right. So Ben at some point graduates from Columbia. And he's running this pediatric office for a bunch of the richest fucks in America and New oh, York City. Nice. Great. He's a pretty likable doctor. He was a doctor that asked the mother about their concerns and fits, seemingly was genuine about wanting to know how they're doing. Uh-huh. Right. Which was not something that was normal at the time. Okay. I feel like it's still not normal. Most of the time, my doctor just berates me. Yeah. My doctor told me to stop. Uh, drinking so much. Yeah. So I left him. Yeah. And I haven't gone to a doctor since. And I feel much better. But mm-hmm. Ben had this radical new idea about child rearing. And it was, you know, you can't impose on the child because you don't want to cause serious psychological damage. Okay. Don't do anything. Just let your child do whatever it wants. Great. Good. Mm. So his wife, Jane, who basically was the pants of the relationship, um, if you want a full Freudian explanation, Ben was fucking his mother. Okay. Oh. Hated bananas. Could have fucked his dad, but passed on that hot dick to yeah. fuck a version of his mother. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she pushed Ben to start writing a, a baby book. A book about how to raise a child, both medically and also child rearing. Like, you know, how to raise it. I gotta ask. So he didn't have any kids at this point, right? He was working on kids. Okay, so that's point. not a good sign because you shouldn't have to work that hard. Uh, I understand that there's medical difficulties that people can have. Um, 
Are we talking about Dr. Lipschitz from Rugrats right now? (laughs) I had this in my script. This is what Dr. Lipschitz is. Amazing. That's one of my favorite cartoon characters of all time. And I'm really (laughs) glad we're talking about a version of him. Literally just Henry Kissinger <laughs> trying to tell mothers how to do the mother thing. Yeah, he's a not he's a non-Jewish doc, Dr. Lipschitz. Okay, awesome. That's that's very yeah. fun. So I I know um I know that some people who are listening can relate to that. Mm. If you're younger and you're listening to the show, just look up Dr. Lipschitz. I cannot believe they got away with that name on <laughs> Nickelodeon back in the nineties. Yeah. A lot of fun. Right? Yeah. yeah, check that out. Look at a, look at some of the highlights. They gotta be on YouTube, right? So basically, um, they hammer out this book together. Jane does all the typing and editing. So basically, <laughs> oh wait. Ba- basically, while this dude like Ben is just rambling off about his theories and like medical jargon, and Jane is there like, all right, um, you said like the the frenulum is a bad part of the baby. I'm gonna say that's a, the pee pee. Okay. She's what? she's making it normal. Yeah. Okay. okay. She's normalizing. She's making it like easy to digest. Right. Gotcha. Then this is so we're entering like World War Two era. Um, it's like the forties. Ben eventually joins the military to avoid the World War Two draft. He figured it was better to join the Navy than being drafted and made a field medic or uh, in the army of the Marines. Cause they were just basically lumping up doctors at the time. And they're like, Oh, you know about the body you want to go fight in France. I'm a pediatrician. <laughs> Why are you asking me this? I, I better get out in front of this and get my dick sucked by people who I'm equating to my dad immediately. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So he joins the Navy <laughs> and Shout every night- Navy. Yeah, every night Ben would call Jane and ramble off more pages while she clacked away on her keyboard typing this book. Wow. For him. Mm. That's like going to DeVry University while working at a a McDonald's University um, uh, as a janitorial staff. So here's the thing Jane is smart, possibly even smarter than Ben, but Ben took all the credit for this book, not even mentioning Jane as a co-author or an editor. Oh, no, nothing. No, no. No, nothing. It's just Ben Spock's book. Okay. Um, would I be spoiling the story if I said that they got divorced? <laughs> no, you would be right, but you're not. Uh-huh. There's a lot of details about their divorce that is going to shock you. Okay. No, you it's fine. future predictor. That's how you get paid. If your husband... Uh, if your husband uses you and then takes all the credit, you have to divorce him. That's how you get your money's worth. Well, right. So, but their marriage lasted forty years. That's fine. That's when your four hundred one k pays out. Yeah, t- until this issue uh, festered enough and it blew up in their faces. Mm. But we'll get to that. Ooh. So, in nineteen forty six, Ben finally publishes his book called "Common Sense Book for Baby and Child Care." Great. I, I, I guess uh, child rearing for dummies was already taken. Yeah, <laughs> right. He didn't expect it to sell well, but one of the things that his publisher said was like, you should make it into like a book that you could just like pick up at the grocery store, like a paperback, right? Like, and it became a national sensation. Great. Everyone bought this book. Hmm. In fact, they said that the sales of this book, and keep in mind the time when people were way more religious. The sales of this book were higher than the Bible for from 
the 1950s and 1960s. All right, that's amazing. Also, everyone already had a Bible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I hate that. It's like, oh, it sold more than the Bible. It's like, how many new copies are flying off the shelf? Like, yeah, one the, the one your like grandmother like willed you is still fine. Now yeah. the dictionary that would be a book to compare to because people are still learning how to be how when it comes to talking with it. Okay, yeah, you know, you gotta learn how to talk big words. In order yeah. for you to be a lawyer or a doctor. I would hate to be ostentatious about this situation at our hands. Ooh. But here we are pontificating whether a man's book has... Um, I, 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 I ran out of words. Cody, help it's, me. I, you took them all. Shit. You took all the good words. All right, you no, get you, it. You get it. Fail, Anyone listening you, gets it? You failed at Scrabble, Cody. We're not, not a dictionary. Scrabble. We're a history. Yeah. And we covered the guy that wrote the dictionary already. Go yeah, listen to him. Yeah. And he was pretty fucking cool, except for the murder bit. And the and penis, the penis chopping, chopping. Oh, yeah. Uh, y'all like true crime? <laughs> y'all like <laughs> severed penises? <laughs> you hate your dad? <laughs> okay, continue. Yeah. All of a sudden, this nobody kid doctor was pushed to the center stage of American culture. Some might even say that he was the first Dr. Phil. Wow, you went there. You really went there, didn't you? That's true. I mean, Dr. Phil has existed since the beginning of time. You know the grays? Yeah. Dr. Phil's a gray. Oh, Dr. Phil's a gray. Well, he's tall. He, how yeah. do you explain how tall he is? Alien technology, they've stretched him. So they That's can a fit good in bit with of the advice. humans. I've, I've never watched any Dr. Phil in my life, um, but I'm assuming that was a good impression of him. <laughs> So now, don't get me wrong, this book that he wrote had tons of helpful advice for parents. I mean, they told you what to do when they chugged some Drano, when they uh -huh. took swan dives down the basement stairs. Right. There was good information in it, but it was also filled with some very questionable Freudian bullshit. Basically, the stuff that said, like, don't let your kids, don't get angry at your kids because you're going to fuck them forever. Let them do whatever you want. Yeah. Yes. So the first real big thing was before this, they would take when your kid was born, I think when it was hit, when it hit three weeks, you would take the child whenever it needs to poop and plop it on the toilet. Be like, this is where you poop. Like you train a dog or a cat. Like right. You got to go weeks? in the litter box. Three weeks. Get into it. Yeah. Um, and actually, there's people nowadays going back to this whole early turn of the century thing it was like when your kid tells you it needs to shit put it on the toilet um but dr spock was just like nah you how can't many do three week year old, how many th babies three weeks year old are going like mother i need to defecate well there's like signs it squirms it fucking like i don't know okay it's like I, looking at a worm i think to to really like give the okay on that and really try that out would you be willing to okay you're claiming that you're able to tell your like when your kid needs to shit would you be able to, uh, willing to hold your kid over your head <laughs> and and, and look where? for the signs and then put them on the toilet? You know what I'm saying here? Does all right? Will, can this add up? Yes, some might squirm. Some, but some of them are gonna just poof out corn mush. Okay, right. Well, okay. So that's like the new the new age thing. Like you know, twenty twenty is like to look for signs. But back then, it was like you had to put your kid on the toilet like three or four times a day, and it needs to shit. Then, 
Okay. You know what I mean? Like, just plop it on the toilet. When it shits, like, take it off the toilet. And, and then if it doesn't, what? Like, you just Leave don't... it on the toilet. Just leave it there for hours. Yeah. Got to poop eventually. Right. Okay. Dr. Spock was just like, nah. Like, that'll fuck with the anal that you were talking about. The Freudian anal thing. Right. So just let your, kid, let your kid shit wherever. Like, he was the one, in dog trainer terms, like, get the wee-wee mat and put it all over your fucking kitchen. Oh. Oh. Yeah, you know, like Doctor Spock is the reason why like diaper sales went up because they're just like, yeah, let the kid shit all over itself in its fucking pants. Wow, this is actually until it knows until it knows how to like until it can comprehend the fact like you shit on a toilet, just let it shit wherever it wants. I I there is no right answer here. It's just a disgusting little baby, you know, like babies are gross, and it's there's I guess they're supposed to be gross. They're so cute. Yeah. I like babies. Mm. They're cool. You pinch her cheeks, they grab your hand, and it's just like, that's a tiny hand. But I don't know. I can't judge, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, all right. So Dr. Spock is the one that's like, let it shit wherever it wants. Don't train. Great. Thanks. Because he doesn't want to enter. He doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want you to in. You know, interject into how the baby reacts, right? Like, he doesn't want to trigger that Freudian anal sense. Like, just like, don't leave it alone. Right. Let it not think about its asshole. Yeah. Another thing was that he told Ben told their parents that they should let their kids listen to the radio as much as they want, which is great. We listen to Spotify all the time. But when this book came out, there was no such thing as TV. And then when TV came out, Ben said, let your kids watch as much TV as they want. Great. Can uh, I, like share something. Yeah, please. I yeah, like, like when, when you I- share things. When I was like eight, I was very small and I had a pediatrician. His name was Dr. Lacob. Lacob? Like and fake Jacob? Lacob. Yeah, Jacob with an L. And it was Dr. Lacob. And he was the guy that gave me all my shots and, you know, made sure I was, you know, ticking away as a kid. Mm-hmm. And there, I had so much respect for this guy because, like, about when I was like nine, I, I, I went in for a checkup and my mom, straight faced, asked this, like, guy, should my children be playing video games? <laughs> And Dr. Lacob, like, without a beat, was just like, yes. Fuck it helps yeah. With their, it helps with their dexterity and reaction time. You let Cody play as many video games as his heart's content. He didn't know how much heart content I had for video games. <laughs> and that fucked me up. And I do podcasting now. Hey, Cody. I mean, we're on the opposite end of the spectrum here. My mom that. went to my pediatric doctor yeah who who was giving me crystals instead of vaccines (laughs) Uh uh-huh and she asked the same question um should my son be allowed to play tetris for 15 minutes a day and he said no (laughs) because your son should be bitter and upset and jaded cathartic release from his earliest memories he should your son should be disappointed all the time. And with everything and everyone. All the time. Himself included. Uh-huh. He, is, he is not better than anyone else. He is the scum of the earth. And you also do podcasting. Right. Exactly. So we meet in the middle here. There's an expression in Swedish, and it is two of us are fucked. Okay? Yeah. We are, we're hanging out. I forget what it was. I actually I learned what we're meeting in the middle in Swedish is, but I forgot what it is. We're fucked. Um, Educational. Yes, the two and a, we had parents that cared about us, and they did it the wrong way, both of them. 
Yeah. And now we're here audi- audibly French kissing with mm. our ideas. And <laughs> and I don't I I I have to thank my mom for listening to that man and making me hate a lot of things. Because I get a lot of joy out of it. I get a lot of joy from disappointment. I think think when you grow up and you see how disappointment can lead to a happy life, you are just... I'm I'm flying right now. All right, enough about me. Cody, I'm I'm actually really happy for you. Can you be (laughs) happy for me is what I'm I'm asking? I've been trying for the last 10 years, but yeah, I'm I'm on it. Okay, thank you. We did. Wow, we're getting really deep on this show right now. Wait, Travis... Uh, how was your week? <laughs> so Ben is telling his, you know, his clients or anyone reading the book to watch as much TV. Their kids can watch as much TV as possible. Gotcha. Um, convenient for him. He was already on TV, so he was improving his brand. And this is 1950s TV. Like, you know, the whole trope of like smoke. Like asbestos they are, good. Asbestos good. You want to be a great American, Timmy? You should probably play baseball. And, and not, grill. Yeah, and grill using the George Foreman griller. Right. <laughs> Even That's though that cool. was like the 90s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, so you got these kids watching constant TV, being brainwashed by like the U.S. government and NBC and all these fucking things. Where did NBC come from in that? Dude, they were just as bad. Okay. They're all bad. I mean, they're just they're just uh siphons to make money through advertising, which right. is an art. So I'm not going to shit on it, but I will say it's bad. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. Travis, continue. Right. So we're talking about the Spock babies, aka the Boomer babies. Right. And to add the, mm. to this chemical lead asbestos dumpster baby of a generation, Ben also yeah. encouraged bottle feeding to sucking them titties. Oh, he's one of those guys. Yeah. Because I mean, why? Why not? Like it's you know you had to have your kids. You had to have your kids have an easy life. The mother should have an easy life too. Okay, hold on one second. Um, do you think that there was a sexualized thing going on there where he's just like, them titties are dirty, they're turning me on, don't want to be turning any boys and girls on, those little lesbian girls and them little, you know, boys Corn or whatever, boys. Those, those those boys who are, you know, they're doing it. I they're mean, one, maybe. They're three could, months old, maybe they're doing it. I mean, I think in the Freudian sense, yes, because like, you know, there's like the whole Oedipus complex, right? Right. Like you want to fuck yep. your mother. Mm-hmm. And like you have little boys sucking on them titties, right? Like, right. So that's what I'm asking. Like, does Doctor Spock go, "Hey, man, I still kind of want to fuck my mom." That probably comes from them boobies I was sucking at. Yeah, absolutely. That was oh, like yeah. his logic. That's terrible. Sure. I hate. I I hate it. So he encouraged bottle feeding, which is also like it's easier for the mother. They don't deal with fucking babies biting their tit- titties. I've heard that's very painful. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but now it's real. Then, but now think about this. This is the 1950s baby formula. Like, uh, like the shit that they're putting in this is more toxic than the stuff you'd find at an auto body shop. It's probably mostly chalk, right? I, uh, uh, from what I saw, it was jammed with sugars and other types of chemicals that, like, Ooh. it's got taste you just, good. You don't give to a baby. Like, Mountain Dew children, fuck that. Every 50s child that drank from a bottle. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, 
You're giving a baby like a diet. You're giving baby like a Coke with extra right. sugar in it. Right. He managed to paint this picture of mothers who breastfeed are opening up at the beginning of Hellraiser 2 going, Jesus wept while the baby is sucking from tea. Be like, well, why do that? You could just give him the drink. Yeah. Give him that scissor. Yeah. Wow. That's mm-hmm. gross. Mm-hmm. Ben was also a huge proponent proponent of circumcision. Nice. A, pr- yeah. a practice in most countries seen as genital mutilation. And sure, I mean, I, I get it. You know, not everyone wants to have that ant in your mouth willy. Yeah. But, why, but why are we cutting babies' dicks? Because the, the man upstairs said it cool. No, not in like Christian sense. Yeah, I mean, that's a very American thing. It's weird that like... So so the Jews do it, okay? Yeah. They're cleaning up. They have their reasons. I'm not judging. I am, but I'm not stating why. And then you have, like, the rest of the Christian world, which is like, we don't do that. Like, England and Spain and all Germany, these places. Any, yeah, anywhere in Europe, they, they're they not circumcising. Why is it in America that we do that? Is that because of this gentleman, Dr. That Spock? That is because of Dr. Spock. Wow. Oh. So, I, so oh. he removed a few ounces of me. He made yes. my penis smaller. I hate him. So Dr. Spock, Spock was single-handedly the reason why boys get circumcised Ow. in the 1950s. And then those when uh, those boomers had kids, they were like, I don't want my kid to look like an ant in their mouth. I'm cutting their dicks, too. And at some point in wow. the 1980s, Spock realized that circumcision probably isn't good. But he sp- when, by the time he spoke out against it, the damage had already been done. And genital mutilation in America was the norm. He is literally under a ton of foreskin and cannot (laughs) dig himself out. Travis, a lot of your scripts are uh, foreskin-centered recently. I realize that. Uh, You know, it's trying to to get longer. It's just weird, you know? It's just weird. It's cutting a tip off of a thing that maybe doesn't need to be trimmed. I don't know. I'm just... I'm just thinking, I think it's weird when, like, when parents give their babies piercings. That's even weird. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. That is weird. But then also you think about, like, what happens to dude babies and they cut their dick, their tip of their dick. Well, I'm going to say my take on that is that, like, okay, maybe there's some misinformation there about how it's cleaner or something like that with the foreskin. Get rid of it. Your baby will thank you in the future. All that shit. There's no smegma pocket. But, like, with the two... Pierce a child's ears like that. Like you have a, I've seen it before on nine year, nine month old yeah. babies. Yeah, and they have like, you want your baby to look good. Oh, I want my baby to look like a fucking whore. Yeah, big Put old fucking. Oh, God. yeah, get them hoops in there. I, get them fucking high heels on that baby. Can't even walk. I am, I am dressing my baby up to be a sawhorse in fifteen years from now. God damn, her high school experience <laughs> is going to be wild. <laughs> We're talking about cheerleading no fucking way. We're going behind the big H and sucking dick at Home Depot, okay? <laughs> this is That's what this is what you're creating right now. Stop <laughs> making your kids into whores. <laughs> Let them make their own whore decisions. They're going to do it anyway. Don't push it. Okay, so by oh, the wow. time Spock's book came out, Jane had shot out a few Spock Spawn. Now, as you can imagine, the public called these babies the first Spock babies. Okay. Great. Um, Now, the thing was, was that Spock was a man that was completely full of himself. He was hyper-concerned about 
his public image. And while Spock preached this undisciplinary, love-your-kid, child-rearing approach, he was very strict and very distant to his actual kids. Great. Love oh. And yeah. those kids are probably great today. <laughs> Perfect probably the nicest humans. people. Yeah. They're probably normal. They probably hate I politics. Mean, They're probably normal. They don't from have reading a from reading the book and seeing I didn't really go into these kids too much, but from reading the book and like hearing the kids talk in the interviews and stuff, they seem pretty cool. Great. That's what yeah. Okay. Okay. Beat your kids into submission and then you'll have good ones. Yeah. Now, the hey. Spock children mentioned that he never hugged them. He would always criticize them and show them very little compassion. But, of course, when the cameras were rolling, Spock would totally change and become this friendly father figure of his generation. Oh. Right. And, like, so he'd be using gamer words to describe them. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as, soon as he's like, on TV with other children, he's just like... This is my baby boy, my baby girl. I treat them so well. I cut their penis off. I well, treat them and well. also his real, and also his his actual kids too. Like his yeah. kids be like, you have to look this way. You have to be happy. Be but, happy, damn it. Yeah, get come on, grow up here. This isn't. You're not eating for free. I don't care if it's not tit milk. Yeah, Papa, can I have a hug? How shut about instead of that, a documentary? <laughs> yeah. yeah, shut up. Get famous. Yeah, you want a Netflix special, kid? Yeah, don't you want to unbox toys on YouTube for to make daddy some money? <laughs> Come on, this is this is life. This isn't school. Uh, Spock's family life was just completely fucked. This egomaniac berated his kids uh, and wife when the cameras weren't around. Jane Spock, um, who again I mentioned, highly intelligent woman, was mentally beat down when it came. To Ben, she essentially became his manager and a single parent. Mm. Like she kept his schedule, and he would just go fuck off and do speeches, and would have she'd raise the kids. Now, look, not that yeah. I would judge him for this, but was he like the unfaithful guy, or would he at least like hold that shit together? So Ben, I think I think Ben was generally faithful from okay. reading this one book. Boring. But he liked Boring. he liked to yeah. flirt with women, and that made. Jane, very uncomfortable. All right, well, that's get very. So I think there's a possibility that he fucked women, but at least from the book I read, it seemed like he was just very flirtatious. Okay, cool. W what were his drinking habits? Oh, he's an alcoholic. Great. All right, so what were his? <laughs> that's, is that a habit? Oh, yeah, whatever. Well, of course it is. I mean, it's a you know my drinking habits of that of bordering alcohol uh, alcoholism. I'm not an alcoholic. You can't call me that. Or, or else you're a bigot. So here's the thing, though, is be, even though Ben was an alcoholic, um, Jane, who was still doing the psychoanalyst with her therapy therapist, and her therapist was feeding her random mood-changing pills. Great. Oh. And because she was, like, sidelined to Dr. Spock, he eventually moved them to Minnesota for whatever reason, like, to the middle of nowhere. And then they moved to Pittsburgh, and they were back in New York. And just out of overall boredom and the fact that she had these, like, mood-changing drugs, Jane became a, a hard alcoholic. But Ben was also an alcoholic. I, dude, I don't, like, I'm not judging. This woman is dealing with a guy who's a prick. Mm. Okay. He's yeah. a prick at this point. You said he 
fought for civil rights at the beginning of this. You said that he We're was gonna a get good, to that. he was an okay guy. He was but you're also describing a total prick. I, yeah. people are not one dimensional like that. Yeah. I mean, some people are. So but he's not. He's a yeah. multifaceted man. He's got terrible things going on, but he's going to help some other people out. Let's go. Right. So Ben did his best to hide the fact that his wife was a raging alcoholic, um, even though he was as well. Um, but so here's the thing. If this was we're entering like the or late 50s, 1960s, if you were a white dude and you had a problem with a woman or a child, mm-hmm. just fucking send him to the psych ward. That oh, really yeah, happened yeah. into the 50s at that point. Yeah, 50s I, and 60s, absolutely. I thought that was more of like a 20s, 30s things in the States. No, no, no. Oh. This actually happened to my grandma. Really? Yeah, How's she, she doing? was sent. She was, she's fine. She's a, I think my grandma, like, if you need to look at like a strong woman, she was a single mom, like a scientist. She can but bench she a lot. was, yeah. uh, but, but her fucking yeah, she deadbeat, her deadbeat fucking husband sent her to a psych ward. Well, he's uh, an kinda, asshole. Kinda and he's an asshole. He fucked off, you know, so like, Reminds me of our uh, John Freeman, father of the lobotomy episode. It's just yeah. like, hey, you're behaving in a less than perfect way. Go to this brain jail for the rest of your life. <laughs> and then maybe t- catch an ice pick in your frontal lobe, and then we'll talk. It's interesting. I didn't see any crossover with um, lobotomies. But if you, if you want to, if any of you get listeners out there want to find a link between Ben Spock and... The- Friedman with lobotomies, I'd love to know. I didn't see an opinion on it, but I'd assume he's all in that fucking boat. Um, so there was that recent Netflix show that came out. Um, the One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, like, about Ratchet. What was it called? It was called Ratchet. Ratchet. Right, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they talked about lobotomies there. And this is a bit of a tangent, but that show is so bad. I heard it's bad. It's oh. so fucking bad. Everything Sarah Paulson in, is in makes me want to throw up. Um, she 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 does a great job of um, doing horror themed, not horror stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah nothing yeah, yeah. she does is scary. American Horror Story, all that crap. It's all garbage. Ryan Murphy, the writer. It's just um, uncomfortable acting, right? And exactly. Great cinematography, but right. So, uh, but the only reason I was bringing it up is that that has to do with that like time period where they're trying to paint this like. Um, a pre one flew over the cuckoo's nest, like actual medicine kind uh, of stuff, where they're yeah, lo- like, lobotomizing everyone, and it's like uh, we're trying to figure out what a brain is and how it do it. Yeah, we're trying to figure out what a brain is, and like they're trying to drive an ice pick into your belly. <laughs> <button. laughs> right, yeah. exactly. It seems like the first go to of this time period that they're painting. I'm sorry if that was a bit of a tangent, but no, that's no, what no, I thought no. of, and I that's... honestly take any opportunity I can to shit on Ryan Murphy because he is one of the worst fucking script writers on the face of the planet. And I fucking no, I don't hate American think, Horror Story. I, I don't think that was a tangent at all, because I think Ben just completely gaslit this woman and was like, you're oh. fucking crazy. Right, exactly. It kind of ties in with that shit. But yeah. anyway, if, if I took that away, we'll bring it back in right now. Yeah, Ben gaslit this like highly intelligent woman that was just bored and in the fucking shadow of this uh, sociopath Great. of a man. Mm-hmm. Um, so... She he convinced her that she was losing her mind and had her committed to a psych ward in Westchester, New York. Um, and of course, if you're committed, they just would say that you are schizophrenic. They didn't actually know what the term was. They just used schizophrenic for anyone that like exhibited signs of 
schizophrenia was this word that just sounded doctorly enough where you <laughs> wouldn't question it. You know what I mean? If you brought me like someone that was having a like, you know, you know, that was clinically depressed. If I was just like, oh, that guy's wacky. You wouldn't you wouldn't trust me. But if I was like, oh, that guy is schizophrenic, you'd be like, yes, doctor. Yeah. Yes, doctor. How, how many cc's of, of, of blue cheese should we inject into his aorta? <laughs> and I'd just be like, all of it. All of right. it. This guy's really depressed. So she's labeled as a schizophrenic and given even more pills and was eventually released a year later. And, of course, Ben covered this off uh, all up, saying that she was on a special retreat. Great. That's why yeah. she was oh. gone for a year. I, I would like to say every time I've did. been on a vacation, I've been schizophrenic. Maybe I could write it off. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Joe Biden Sandals? can write that off for me. <laughs> so this was the private Ben. But what about the public Ben? So entering the 1960s, he was a baby superstar, right? His book, as I mentioned, were selling crazy amounts of copies. He was actually mentioned one of the two big things that helped um, like jet propulsion his career was he was mentioned in I Love Lucy and Leave It to Beaver. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, are... oh, well, have you read Ben Spock's book? Oh. Gee they... whiz. You got they... plugs. You got plugs. Yeah. Well, I, I, I got to say, the South would be much more different if, it, if he got on the Andy Griffith show. But, <laughs> um <laughs> thank, thank God he missed that demographic because it's already bad enough. He was also shooting promos with none other than Jackie Kennedy. Oh wow, Kennedy! Jackie Onassis, yeah. pre Jackie Onassis, pre pre assassination or post pre of course pre, pre nice yeah okay Ken JFK's dick was very sticky at this point yeah he was he was sticking around so he also attended Ben Spock attended White House dinners Ben loved JFK and when jfk ate the whole bullet sandwich in texas right well that's yeah. a terrible Bull way of phrasing it i mean you're very no, insensitive you're very insensitive you're possibly you know a bigot what? he's visionary he's um, a, i'm a bigot against uh catholic presidents yeah you're sorry joe biden yeah <laughs> well he's catholic too he's actually our second yeah. catholic president so yep. i guess you're i suppose you're riding with Biden. so ben backed lbj who okay. you know filled in after jfk Died, VP dog. Yeah, he did it. He got a big penis. Yeah, so I heard. We, I heard yeah, LBJ, a- LBJ is basically a fucking tripod. J, J, uh, LBJ, what would walk around and be like, "Want to see my dick?" And he yeah. just like pull it out. Well, <laughs> JFK would show that. his dick, but LG, uh, L, uh, LBJ would like you know people be like, "Hey, Mr. President, where do you stand on this?" He's just like, "I stand on my dick." My fully erect pull genus. it out. Yeah. yeah, LBJ. Most people don't realize stands for literally big junk. <laughs> yeah, he's just leaning up against places, and people would start asking him questions, and they would trail off before they finished because they would just see his giant penis and be like, "It doesn't matter." It's we like, need oh. to roast this enlarged, engorged penis man eventually. But so, so while Kennedy was actually the man that was responsible for getting the U.S. involved in the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. LBJ ratcheted up the violence, and Ben felt personally betrayed by this. Okay. You mm. see, Ben thought that U.S. intervention in Vietnam was a crime. Why? I don't understand. Well, you know, they're fighting the communists, and Ben leaned a little left his entire life. He wow. didn't agree with that. Well, that should be a crime. So if you ask any boomer, you can go do this. This is a study, right? 
Um, you ask them, yeah, say, did you support the Vietnam War? Yeah. <laughs> did you support them? Yeah, okay. Did you support the, the are you, did you support the truth? Continue, Travis. So if you ask them, did you support the Vietnam War, they'll say, oh, hell no. I was, in fact, at the rally that was at Kent State of smoking weed, getting a BJ while those fucking students got shot, dude. Right, yeah, yeah I was doing it different. I, I didn't go to school. I got a billion. I own four houses. Continue. The truth was, was that when the war started, most boomers and most of the entire population was just indifferent or supported the Vietnam War. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because they didn't even need a 9-11 to get that support. They just did it. Their 9-11 was realizing that communists could be brown. They're just like... What? Ooh. Well, no. No, no, no. Their 9-11 was when they eventually expanded the draft so these white kids that had enough money to go to college could be drafted. Oh, uh -oh. dude. Because up until a certain point, it was like you couldn't get drafted if you went to college. And right. then they changed it. And they were like, even if you go to college, you can still get drafted. And they're like, oh, I don't want to be like those black kids going off to Asia and dying. And that's when the hippies Jesus started. Christ, yeah. That makes sense, yeah. Um, it, it does. Well, I got to see. Um, okay, so America's Wars. I'm looking at a chart right now. Vietnam, Vietnam War. Total U.S. service members who... who uh, no, total in death. Uh, battle deaths. 47. Oh, are you looking to see if George Bush's war in Iraq was... Uh, more or less. No, I just want to see how many times we have to remember this. Because, like, I have one. <laughs> okay. I have one reference of a nine eleven, which is what uh, under about three thousand. Right. Right. So we have to remember this. Um, I believe. I, I think we have are to. Are you using nine eleven as a metric? For the yeah, Vietnam because that was War. the first time we were told to remember something. So oh remember Vietnam. Uh, I think my, rough math fourteen times as much. Does that make oh, sense? 9 11. Yeah. yeah, that's wow. What a sad thing. Well, also, I feel like bo this is like a typical thing about boomers, right? Because even if you ask them about 9 11, right? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I was in the building, but and I was actually in the plane. Yeah. But then I jumped out when it hit the tower and I rescued like three pregnant women and uh, we made it out alive. Good. Like, they just like to conflate things. Like, well, no, nobody can. Nobody's off the Kent hook State. on that. Well, I know, but it's like you weren't at Kent State. You weren't even at Woodstock, which is a shitty oh. fucking festival. No, it wasn't but you a pretend shitty festival. That you were. It was just big. Yeah. So Ben was at the center of this anti-war movement, basically because he had been snuffed by LBJ in a letter that he had sent to LBJ where LBJ never responded. He's like, who the fuck is this baby doctor? Yeah. Trying to tell me about fucking international politics. Right. Right. Now, Ben was like that old guy in a suit surrounded by a bunch of hippies. But these were his children. These were the Spock babies. And while when it, the protests first started happening, Spock was a respected doctor. As the protests went on, people were like, this guy is kind of crazy. <laughs> like, he's like into this anti-war thing. And like, he's hanging out with these fucking acid heads. Yeah, you know mm. who else was anti-war who I, I, I can't help but bring up? It's Allen Ginsberg. He was very anti-war. You know, Oh, we're going to talk about him. Oh, we are. Oh. God damn it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> God damn it. He's got something like he's got some 
some value that needs to be analyzed. Don't worry. Up his ass. Yeah. He's on Ooh. this. He's on this slide. We're gonna oh, be talking God. about Alan. He was Gibson. so anti-war that it's like, how how did your parents hate you this much? How did <laughs> how did you get here? Why are why did you invent Antifa? Let's so, go. So Ben started to get more and more rebellious in his old age. Keep in mind, he's in his sixties right now. Great. Like he's he's progressing with the decade. He was born in 19, 1903, So. He's Vietnam, essentially 69. whatever decade you're in, he's that's how old he is, which is kind of nice. I, I'm trying I, to I think love... about those kids that were born around like 2000. It's like I always get lost about how old I am because I had to do math. But those kids born uh, yeah, around dude. 2000, they're what? like, I Just don't count. know. My cousin Hannah, she's a total sweetheart. So jealous. She's born on that 2000. This kid is perfect. She's going to school. She's yeah. she got a future. She figured it out. It, it's just one of those weird things where like next year, 2020, um. They're going to be people legally drinking that have never been alive in any other millennia. I, you know what I mean? I just yeah. can't wait until two years from now when the people at the bar who are just turning 21 are allowed to remember with us at the bar 9-11. Yeah. Who wow. they, and it's going to be fake. We're going to know that they're bullshitting because we know when it happened. <laughs> We're going to know. So Ben starts getting more and more rebellious, and because of his age and notoriety, he'd show up to these protests and could never get arrested. Now, you see, Ben really wanted to get arrested. Oh, okay. He's like, oh, dude, I'm just like so much like these kids. Like, that's, I need to get arrested. That's what getting arrested was back in the day. The cool kid like, it, it didn't matter. Your bail was the price of four sandwiches. Yeah, the bail was so cheap. Yeah. And also, Ben's loaded. So he would just, like, bail out everyone. Oh, like, it, he, like when he started to get arrested, he would just bail out everyone at the thing because he's like, I'm fucking loaded. Like, as annoying as she is, Sinead O'Connor getting arrested in the 90s and 2000s, like, that at least cost her a grand or two. That right. cost her a stage performance. It, These people it, going back then, it was just like, yeah, throw them, man, see what happens. We don't even have plastic yet. <laughs> just put a rope on them. Right. Now, if you get arrested in a protest, you need to go fund me. Back yeah, then, it's it? like, yeah. that's like, that's like a day's work for these people. Like, Oops. If you survive the arresting process. Yeah, if you have survived. Guys, guys, come on. Yes. Black, back everything all the time. Never be wrong. Back the blue, mm. black the Antifa. Do it all. It doesn't <laughs> back matter. Everything. You can all. It's all about tax write-offs. Just back. It. I think. I think the image of um, twenty twenty is there was a man, uh, a black man who was eating ass on a police car, and I think that just wins. Yeah, it, I think that was Times Picture of the Year. So eventually, as this, as these anti-war demonstrations kept going on and on and on. It started hurting his credentials as a doctor, and he started to get arrested. Hmm. Like, it actually, he... Costing him funny. tens of dollars. Well, you know, it was funny because he would, like, try to get arrested. He'd, like, cross the police barricade, and the police would be like, all right, Dr. Spock, calm down. Just sit over here. Mm. Like, there was, like, they didn't want to arrest him because he was such wow. a high public figure. And, and he white. was like, and an, a white old man, like, we're not going to arrest you. Like, just sit down. Have a cup of coffee. Yeah, they are put you some, him in time out. Are you some kind of detective? <laughs> right? I don't know if we need a detective here. Why do you there, keep talking about kids? 
During one of his arrests in New York City, he shared a jail cell with a fellow, with a Spock baby. A Spock baby that liked to fuck real babies. Allen Ginsberg. Oh! 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 Take that! Tom, you're waiting for it. Yeah! Yeah! Ginsberg! Yeah! Now we're talking about someone who's bad. So Ginsberg's bad. Oh, I think I'm just through that one. Ugh. Oh, that's bad. G- okay. Ginsburg, this enlightened man, this, I don't know, American novelist hero. He's a chauvinist of the paper and pen. <laughs> he robbed wow. so many hours of people convincing that he was good, worthy of reading. He's just a piece of shit. James Franco, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, but Tom, they teach this pedophile in high school. Yeah, I don't care. I, d- so, high school isn't for learning, it's a, for conditioning. <laughs> it's for having sex mm. with your mind. Well, Ginsburg taught this 60-something-year-old man how to meditate in jail or right. some bullshit. Oh, good. Yeah. So now Spock is meditating because of Allen Ginsburg. Wow, America's getting better by the second. It's getting greater. Are you ta- Greater. You're talking about a guy who's afraid of a woman's nipples. Getting taught how to uh, how to think in place in one spot. Yeah. Not get off the treadmill. Come on, stop being such a busybody. Sit down, stop in that rowing. lazy boy. Put a couple candles in front of your face. Smell the patchouli, and and think about it yeah. while I have sex with the fourteen year old's mouth. Okay. <laughs> Spock was also friends with Martin Luther King. Wow. Okay. He did it. No, not just not just pedophiles like Allen Ginsberg. Okay. Baby no, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I get it. I get it. Some mm, people keep mm. company of very you know great people and bad people at the same time. I, I think I think Spock had an open mind, maybe too much of an open mind. That's all he had. His, his mind was a fucking cum dumpster. Great of ideas. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, some ideas. Not to are say good. there's anything. Not to say there's anything wrong with a cum dumpster. I'm just saying like. When it's on your brain, when it's actually on your brain. Cum dumpster should be entirely literal. Like, if you're going to be a cum whore, just be that. Don't take yeah. the ideas. Don't think that you need to get in bed with everyone. Get in bed with the people you like. Take the right yeah. cum. Have fun. Fun. Right. Spock was fun. not about fun. Spock was all about big ideas changing America. Great. Mm. So he's gotten all these ideas. He meets Martin Luther King on an airplane flight. Actually, Great. he's like sitting first class with Martin Luther King. And uh, this was, I'm assuming, back in the 60s, first class, like you had like your own apartment. Right. Yeah. Th- yep. th- you know. Yeah. You could, you could, you could do push ups in the feet <laughs> in front of your leg room. Something yeah, that yeah. somehow JetBlue has um, made a viable thing for the working class and is only 12 inches. Mm hmm. Well, they, they they learned how to break your back when you get on the plane. Mm. Just... Good stuff. Spock meets MLK on a on a plane, and he's like, "Hey, man, wouldn't it be a great idea if we combined both of our movements? So, like, I'm part of the anti-war movement, oh, I hate and that. you're part of the civil rights movement. So, like, let's just get them together. Like, we're both anti-establishment, right? Right. We'll be we'll be the first Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. Let's let's have an ambitious crossover. Yeah. Right. So Ben sets up this convention in I think it was in Pennsylvania, and he asks the Black Caucus, like all these anti-civil or all these civil white 
civil rights <laughs> movements people okay. to show up. Black and caucus. the end. <laughs> what? You said uh, black caucus. Black caucus. Yeah, the, the Lexington Steel. It's fun. Also, I I would like to imagine in an alternate universe that what happened there on that plane ride is that he went, "Hey, like, let's combine our ideas." And Martin Luther King, I'm going to do an impression. He goes, "Motherfucker, you tell babies to shit their ass everywhere." <laughs> I'm trying to get some shit done. Yeah, right. You know, like, I don't know. They feel a little different to me. I yeah, feel, right. I feel like making your kid feel like king shit of fuck mountain is a little different than getting <laughs> some basic respect. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, like, Ben sets up this convention and he asks the Black Caucus and the anti war movement people to come together in one place and build a platform. Right. Okay. Now, wouldn't you know it? These peaceful anti-war hippies weren't so hip hanging out with black people or Jewish people or anyone that wasn't white, middle-class, rich people pretending to be Indians. Okay. I mean, oh, that's boy. that's just who they are. Welcome, yeah. to, well, welcome to Huntington Bay. I get it. The Black Caucus eventually. Uh, the Black Caucus actually walked out of this convention Good. because the white anti-war people were chanting racial slurs and talking about how the Jews controlled the world economy. So, so the black no, folks were like, changed. "You're calling me the N-word. I'm gonna leave." <laughs> okay, but then these are like pippy people, like, "Yeah, man, like you're just like a bunch of N-words, but like Gandhi was sick, dude." They did like Gandhi. Gandhi hated black people mm. as well. Yeah, yes. right? And I won't go so far as to say that he, um, Dr. Spock here hated black people, but he sure as shit didn't get what they were putting down. So I think Ben Spock was just completely oblivious. Like, I think Ben Spock agreed with um, civil rights movement, but when reporters approached him about what had happened during this shit show of a convention. Right. He was like, well, I think it was very constructive, and we're going to continue to keep building a platform. As if nothing had happened, like if there wasn't a bunch of racist assholes <sighs> that just was talking, were t anti-Semitic fuckheads. You, and, uh, yeah, you know. I mean, straight up, this guy is like, he designed the modern day RGB gamer. Like, he's got all the words to go along with it. He's got all the endless Doritos implied with the men mentality of it. It's a very, um, I, I, I don't like to use this term very loosely, but the privilege to get the RGB in his household. This is, this is amazing. We're finding, yeah. this is the first gamer. Can we make this happen? The first gamer. Wow, the bro. first gamer. Mom, leave me alone. You, I can't press pause right now. I can't press pause. I'm shitting on everything. So Ben was now, he's in the 1970s, going into his 70s, right? Ben kept revising his baby book every decade. Great. Every decade oh. he'd come out with a new version. He'd update it. Like, one of the things he updated was, like, if your baby's throwing up, you should put it on its stomach. Which, like, seems obvious, because, like, you, you think, like, oh, throw it, throw up. But apparently, if you put your baby on its stomach, it can kill it. Yeah, you don't You're do that, ever. You're supposed to, like, ever. not do that at all. What are you Babies supposed to do with the baby's thrown up? 
side. I don't know. But, like, you're not supposed to put it on its stomach. Apparently, no. that's, like, the number one thing of, like, infant mortality. You're Chris what, Farleying your child. Yeah, but isn't that sleeping on your back to Chris Farley? No, you're uh, something it's to do with like, yeah, something to do with like the fact that it's like chest can't handle the weight of its body, and you yeah. put it on its stomach, and it's like throwing up. So what do you do with a baby? You hang it. I up. don't know. You just throw it in the garbage. But like anyway, Great, I want to preserve shit. my baby. I'm gonna throw it in the garbage. That doesn't help, Travis. God damn it! This is this is a child raising. This is a child rearing episode of Gross <laughs> Mortem, and you can just throw it out there. How do you swing? You just swing your baby. But anyway, so he's, like, revising it. He's always revising it. Good. He adds things about, like, black people, like, you know, racially marriages and all this stuff. He's, like, constantly changing this book. Because originally he was very white bread. And actually, he got in a lot of trouble with the feminists during the 70s. Well, they were because, looking. They well, were because out for he, blood. Well, he always referred to the baby as a he. And they're like, nah, what if it isn't a he? Well, he should have obviously referred to them as a they. Or them with yeah. a slash, or, or a he/she, or yeah, <laughs> or a soft, or a soft, soft child, just soft child, soft child. So he's revising this book, but his bag starts to move more towards politics, and eventually, in the 1970s, he decides to run for president. Oh, <laughs> and this is un- this is under a third party called the People's Party. Did he win? <laughs> President Spock ask Jimmy Carter. I don't know what what time period is this. Yeah, Jimmy he ran against Jimmy Carter. Okay, wow, I'm good, fucking good, good at this job, shit. Tom. I'm fucking like really good, good job, at, Tom. As, as someone who's pretty indifferent to all this history crap that we cover, I you know who slash roast mortem cast. You know who absolutely hated Ben Spock was Spiro Agnew. Oh, well, really? the most hilarious vice president ever. He is very funny. I mean, <laughs> he he put up with a lot of shit. He was yeah. he was basically that cartoon character who was trying to convince their mom that everything was okay in the hot moment, but it never came together. <laughs> So there were actually, this wasn't a new thing about Ben running for president. There were rumors that Ben Spock would actually be running since the 60s. People thought that Ben and MLK were going to run as a presidential ticket. Wow. I don't know who would be president, who would be vice president. Probably Ben is president. Yeah. Martin Luther King is vice president mm because, you know, the times. Yeah. The the times. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, that was, like, a thing. Like, he had such influence that people were like, oh, Ben Spock for president. Yes, but, Martin Luther King has very times skin. Yeah, no, unfortunately, he didn't really make the cut. We yeah, can the see the, the the absolute fucking hate that was, our country got in 2008 with that shit. My <laughs> God, imagine, imagine back then how poorly it would have gone over. Fuck. Anyway, Ben had some good ideas. He was talking about universal health care, which was something that was almost passed in the 60s. You think that that's like a... Like a weird fringy thing, but it was universal health care was almost passed in the sixties after Medicare. Wow. Um but his campaign came to shit because it was but run by a bunch of greasy hippies that never got anything done. So you know, mm. problem. So as Ben started to unravel into fringe boomer politics, so did his family. Uh, they tried to do some family counseling when Ben had the time. His son, Mike, who had gotten married and had his own kids, um, 
completely ignoring his father's baby book. He made a point of being like, I'm not reading this shit. It's garbage. Nice. Hmm. Like, you just, you you beat me as a child. <laughs> like, I'm not going to listen to your fucking shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, ben was not exactly a great grandparent either. He would constantly complain about how Mike's children were not well behaved, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Right, so he's like, "Oh, I told all these parents to let them do what they want, but your kids don't know how to eat food at the dinner table." Great, like one of those guys. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's easier to be a grandparent than a parent. I know. Yeah, I've talked to my grandparents. <laughs> yeah, but they got. They're like, "Yeah, it's easy. You just look at them. You can judge. Yeah. <laughs> you throw Werther's original candies at them until uh, their parents take them home. Did I ever tell you guys that my grandmother on my father's side used to dress me in FUBU clothing? <laughs> <laughs> no. Is it FUTU? For Tom? By Tom? No, no, it's not FUTU. It's for... That's not how that works. For for us, by FUTU. us. Which, which is... It's fine. I, it wasn't for me is what I'm getting at. <laughs> it was and not for you. I didn't understand. I thought it was cool. I liked that stuff. I mean, one of the first CDs I ever got was, and then there was X by DMX, which I, I, I couldn't say I related CD. to, but it was fucking kick ass. I, it I enjoyed CD. it. So therefore, the clothing went, you know what I'm saying? Par- like Grandparents are a little more detached. That's all I'm getting at. Right. Um, so eventually, Tom, you called it early in the show. You spoiled the episode. In 1975, Ben and Jane, after 40 years of marriage, decide to separate. Right. And this was mainly like a compounding thing about her being like, uh, you're gaslighting me. I'm not. I, I'm the one. The reason why you're so famous. And I had to like fall in place every time cameras show up. Like all this shit. Right. Right. In fact, it, during their during their family therapy sessions, both of his kids and his wife told him that he was the main reason of their unhappiness. Wow. <sighs> okay. I, well, can we unpack that for a second? If you yeah. want. Go for it. So since this guy is so focused on the idea of parenting and raising kids the proper way and making them happy and doing all that shit, yeah, he's a little more culpable. Yeah. But anyone who's famous is going to be the root of their child's unhappiness. Sure. That's well, science. Yeah. We know that. Like, well, we, yeah. we, we all feel, like, everyone feels bad for everyone in Will Smith's immediate life. Like, Jada Pickett I don't feel, Smith. I, I don't feel Jada, bad for any of those children. Why? No, I have to. They're terrible. They're, obvi- they're obviously unhappy. Terrible. The, 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 no, the, they're terrible. Why are they terrible? Dude, Jada, Jada Pickett Smith is so miserable that she had oh to fuck God. other guys in front of Will Smith to find happiness. No. The son, the son, the one who's worried all the time, I forget his name, he had he had to make movies to to recover from his unhappiness. The other one had to whip her hair back and forth. To oh, simply, boy, to, I to am simply, so sad for them. What I'm saying is that when you have a, a, a man or a woman in your life that shines so bright, you're going to be unhappy because you're in the <laughs> darkness. You are constantly in the limelight. In the shadows. So... so I'm going to say grain of salt there. His kids, of course, they're going to be unhappy. His wife, she's guaranteed unhappy. Yeah. He's, okay. he's out there having sex with Ellen Ginsberg's babies. And <laughs> <laughs> this is. So this after, after. Right. After 40 years of marriage, they decide to separate. And this wasn't like the divorce, right? Whatever. It took Ben three months for him to find a girlfriend. 
emphasis on girl because Ben was 73 at the time. Oh. And he, he met a 32-year-old Mary Morgan. That's fine. Dude, I was thinking about that the other day, and my girlfriend is 30 years old. I couldn't imagine a 70-year-old swooping in and grabbing my girlfriend. <sighs> but you Come know, on, imagine that, though. It's, it's a money thing, probably. It's you fine. I mean? It's fine. Dude, she's got vaginas. He's got money and fame. What else do they want? Yeah, but she was one of those free spirit Spock babies. Like, so get she money. Didn't, she didn't care. Like, she didn't like shave her armpits. Like, she like would like show her crusty muff off to people. Right. right. Like, I don't know. Whatever, man. Peace, love. Yeah, she's allowed to do that. That's fine. What, what are we saying? Like, I'm a 73 year old man. Come suck my penis. All right. He probably was able to uh, get one of the preliminary like viagra style drugs to make yeah. his dick want like hard for one time it took him six months to pump that thing up and he's just Look, like I'm, I'm going to spend it the right way tom okay? all i'm saying is it's kind of weird when you have a son that is older than your girlfriend look travis I, weird. Uh, I agree with you i do but at the same time like, come on i'm not 73 yet <laughs> that's all i'm, I'm saying Tom doesn't know those struggles. Yeah. I'm trying to say maybe we don't get it. Maybe we're being like, oh, old man don't know about it. But maybe old man do know about it. Maybe old man maybe. did it. Maybe they're like ants, like right. trees. Right. Travis, I'm not like, look, we already know that this guy is terrible. Yeah. Why are you caking it on so much? Let him fly by with a fucking fresh piece of fruit on his arm. You know what I'm saying? He won't touch bananas. Let him get a fucking 32-year-old right. <laughs> piece of shit. Who, who probably smells like uh probably smells like a heroin den. It's yeah. Fine. So Ben Ben tried to keep Mary Mary secret for a few months, and oh. yeah, uh, Mary he flew Mary out to his New York apartment where they had a bang out session. Great, nice. Or uh, slap my penis on your clitoris, my soft penis on your clitoris because I can't get tomato. Hard. Do whatever tomato, you want. Tomato, tomato. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. And during the session, Mary was like, can we like get out of the apartment and go to like a Broadway show or something? I'd love to go out. He's like, oh, I don't know. I don't want you to run into anyone. And what did you know? Oh. Ben runs into a family friend on the way. And when he goes to introduce Mary, who he had already termed the love of his life, he completely forgets her name. All right. Yay. <laughs> now you're making fun of old people. <laughs> Come That's, on, it's so easy. It is easy, but remember, they've had a rough time. I mean, it's been twelve months of coronavirus. Mm. They they can't even go for a walk. Shut up! I had kid couldn't go for a walk either. Yeah, That's I know. For different reasons. Well, we also were kind of <laughs> chuckling about it. You know, like <laughs> government lockdown. It's kind of funny. And they're like, "Come with me, lockdown." <laughs> So anyway, after only a few months of meeting Mary, Ben files divorce and marries Mary. Cool. Oh, good obviously advice. the Spock family was pissed. None of his kids attended the marriage, and Jane, his ex-wife, sank into more alcohol and drugs. Obviously, he covered all that shit up. Well, she she honestly, like all joking aside, she seemed like a nice woman. Yeah, who had to put together. Who had a bad husband. Uh, I would do drugs if I was her. Yeah, prescription drugs. Well, also, the they're, they're, they're paid for by alimony. 
Yeah, that is free drugs true. essentially. That's very true. Also, you did. She did work for it. So this is what I mentioned before. Like she's putting in the work, <laughs> and then she's getting her royalty check via eventually. Yeah, right, right. Return eventually. on investment. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, R-O-I. exactly. Take, so, take, take it back later. So Mary did come with another person. Mm-hmm. Her daughter, Ginger. Now, Ben, who was the master of parenting, had written a whole series in Red Book about how to become a step-parent. Okay. He was an expert in this situation. Of course. Well, he had done it. No, he hadn't. <laughs> well, I'm just saying he had claimed yeah. that he had done it. When it came down to it, Ben had no fucking clue and reverted to just yelling and cursing at Ginger. Oh, good. Uh, He once told her that she was the sloppiest eater that he had ever seen and that chimps ate better than she did. Sometimes you look for that in a woman, though. Right? I want to see you fucking suck that fucking drumstick down hard. It's a a true point. Why yeah. was a drumstick the analog to your penis? Because it's <laughs> greasy and well, firm. That implies that the foreskin is getting removed <laughs> uh, during sexual activity. So Ben moved down to Arkansas, where Mary was from, in with Mary and her daughter. But in reality, he just would show up, yell at Ginger, and then take her mom on two-month sailing trips, Captain Stabbin style, mm. leaving leaving Ginger off with her deadbeat dad. Now, those of you who don't know what the internet is, Captain Stabbin would have sex with women's buttholes um, on and a boat. And he was an old man. Uh, old man on a boat. And uh, <laughs> it was a terrible thing to find in my youth, but it's... That's what the internet does. You you find I need truth. To borrow your mom, Kath- Captain <laughs> Stabbin. As much as I hate to say, is the truth, and that's what I saw. Eventually, Ben did a bunch of therapy with Ginger, and they became close. Um, and she became far closer with Ben than his actual first family, who had just completely forgotten about. And one of their grandchildren died, and he didn't even show up to their funeral. Man's the, after, he jumped, after he jumped off of a building, by the way. <laughs> Wait, the the grandchildren died from jumping off a building? Yeah. How old was the grandchild? 23, I think. I didn't write Three? Down. 23. 23. Okay, so he got double spocked. He double spocked. He suicided himself because it was just, look, I mean, if you're going to be My a parent. Spock. I wouldn't show up either. Hold on. To be fair, if I was Dr. Spock and I had dug myself into the corner I was in, I sure as shit wouldn't be diving into a child's funeral. <laughs> I would not be want, want, want to be seen at that. That's 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 public suicide. Yeah. Bad PR. Right. So I get that. Uh, like, yeah, okay, devil may be whatever it is, but continue. Devil may eat shrimp when it's not even trying to eat shrimp. I don't know. I The fuck? Tell me more. By the 1980s, so keep in mind, Ben is in his 80s. Ben started to get really upset. Because mm. you see, these Spock babies, the boomers, were not the same political uh, orientation that Ben was. You know, okay. Ben was part of the greatest generation. Ben's generation <sighs> came out of the Depression and war, real war, not uh, a conflict in <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> Right. And they actually shit on all the veterans. Yeah, well, well, it's not, well, it's not that people didn't die. It's just that there's no reason. 
Well, Vietnam isn't actually Vietnam actually isn't a war technically. No, yeah. you're right. America, That's what I'm saying. America hasn't been at war since the Korean War. Well, they're both tragic. They're it's yeah. not it's not that they're not like they don't match that tragic um I don't know if you want to call that a fucking metric. But mm-hmm. one had a purpose. One stopped yeah. a, like a a a form of life invading another. The other was an idealistic bullshit center in which we just we just killed forty seven thousand young men. That's all. Oh, don't right. forget about Agent Orange. Well, again, oh, like yeah. Ben Ben was anti war, and he like he had seen all these boomers come up, and like the boomers were like all anti war as well because they just didn't want to like again. It's all about them. Like they don't want to fucking go overseas as long as like they're not the same fucking color as me. That's fine. You know, whatever. Yeah. And also, the Greatest Generation had actually unionized labor during that whole 1930s, 1920s. There was like unions building and whatever. And basically, the Greatest Generation thought of themselves as a collective society because their parents had told them that you're a piece of shit. And the only way that 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 America can get better is if you better yourself. Okay, not great, but better. Yeah, America can get better. Make so America better it. again. Yeah, I like think, it. Think about this. I want you to think about your local roadworks or civic works, like bridges, all um, those guys, parks. Yeah. No, they, there's a fucking monorail in Hawaii that hasn't been finished in goddamn twenty years. I tip right. them as I drive past them at two miles an hour. I love them. Think about all those, right? Like, so Tom, you're on Long Island. Who built all the parkways? Booms. No, what Robert Moses did. Oh, he well, was Robert, not. Well, Robert a Boomer. Mo- Right. Well, He's Robert a piece Moses. Of shit. Was, well, Robert Moses was born around the same time as our gentleman Spock here. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, what I'm saying is that the Greatest Generation had built most of these uh, public works that you use every day, bridges and tolls and roads and whatever, um, during the 60s and 70s. Okay. And then these works have just sat there, decrepit, not being. Uh, upkept mm-hmm. or anything being upgraded right. because the boomers that the Spock generation had raised the Spock generation that he said let them do whatever the fuck they want as long as they're happy they're the center of attention they never bothered with any of that okay wow. I'm not sure if I follow what you're saying exactly um, but that's okay because well, I, I, I'm I, just I, saying the the greatest generation saw us as a collective society through warfare, you know, in World War II, where it was like we had a greater cause. Right. Whereas the boomers who were raised by Ben Spock mm-hmm. saw themselves as the king of their own castle. Right. And why should I give a shit about the bridges, the roads, uh, health care? It yeah. doesn't matter. Because right. I'm that's... the one that's the most important. Yeah, which so makes it less on infrastructure. They're they're essentially the same people that have taken our government and made it into the least efficient machine yeah. that could ever exist. Because if they get what they want, that's what matters. Right, exactly. They're the making the government like go- public servants. The idea the disgusting idea of being a public servant has somehow turned more disgusting. And now they're just stealing money. And nothing compares to the me generation. Fantastic. Mm. Have you heard of that generation before? The me generation? I mean, come on. That's the boomer generation. Uh, the millennial edging generation. 
Tom, you got it right. I was I was trying to bait you guys. I can't get baited. I understand people too well, and and it's yeah. a curse. It's a curse. Co- don't don't Cody. applaud me. I'm I'm Tom burdened. Can't get, Tom can't get baited. He used that shop towel to wipe his ass once. Yeah. <laughs> Cody, you got baited. The me generation is not the millennials, as you might think. This was an actual term that people called the boomers before they were known as the boomers because they were so self-centered that they were known as the me generation. Whereas now, a millennial gets called so self-centered. You know what I mean? Like, you think the me generation would be the millennials, but it's not. Yeah. It's the generation that was so... Un pre unoccupied with societal betterment that they crapped out. So you see, as the 1980s progressed into the 19, like as we move into the 1980s, the boomers um, started to deplete through the post-war economy. Infrastructure started to crumble. Oh no! And um. As long as they had what they needed, everything, and were treated as, like, the center of attention, and their babies were treated as the center of attention, everything was groovy. Mm. So it was the perfect environment for the self-centered conservative movement to latch onto these self-centered children, Mm. and then came along Reagan. Right. Oh, baby. Now, Reagan, although not a boomer himself, much like Spock, who was not a boomer, he told these dummy boomers who are now in their 30s and 40s, you little cokeheads could have whatever you want, and it's not your problem because it's the gays that have AIDS, it's the blacks and their crack in crime, Mm. but you guys are perfect. Okay. so Us versus them type maneuver. Sometimes I forget where the controversy is. Can you please point uh, me? Are you serious, Tom? Are you serious no, now? I'm just having fun. Come on. I'm just. Having I know you're fun. having fun here. Come but on, that's... it's got it's got to be pretty explanatory. Like <laughs> you can't blame the individual boomer per se, but what you can do is look at the entire generation of people that are now paying for their third bathroom renovations uh, in their Airbnb condo that's somewhere in the Poconos <laughs> uh, with their social security. No- uh, payments that we're paying off and go, hmm, how to get like this with it. Okay. Yeah. So remember, these were the same hippies that berated MLK and the Black Caucus out of Ben Spock's own convention. Right. Right. So it makes sense that they'd be like, hey, oh, the black people are doing crack, which is the same exact thing as Coke, except you smoke it. That's like AIDS They're without bad. sex. You can't get rid of it. Yeah. So Ben Spock was all bummed about this because um, the boomers had become the stars of their own show and forgotten about the progressive values that Ben Spock held so much dear and it was all about themselves. Mm. Anyway, even though Ben Spock wore the same three-piece suit and his hippie 30-something-year-old wife was like trying to help him progress, eventually he like wore jeans, which was a big thing in his life, and she convinced him to get into the metaphysical stage of his life. Because you know, Mm. crystals. Uh. Oh, he was a crystal man? Crystal boy. (sighs) Ben had a stroke in the early 1990s, and Mary jumped on the opportunity to make him all new-agey. Oh! (laughs) 
So it's just like pathological brainwashing, opportunistic pathological brainwashing. Oh, he, he can't decide. He can't. Well, look, he might be nodding or disagreeing with one side of his head, but the other one's perfectly still. Look at that. It's consenting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Travis, you just spit up all over yourself because I made a stroke joke. Stroke joke. That's something that's totally overpassed. Hashtag stroke joke. It rhymes it's and it's easier than the R word. Okay. Ben started doing, I don't know if I spelled this right, Kambalani yoga. Uh, it's some fucking Indian like kombucha. Good for him. Yeah, it's like basically the kombucha of yoga. I don't know. It's like, it's not just regular yoga. Like, I agree. Yoga can be helpful, but this is like the spiritual yoga. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Where it's like, you better. Realize your butthole has its own soul. I mean, it it does. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> he also started going to New Age speeches by Deepak Chopra. Oh, that guy. Yeah. And he took a new macrobiotic diet, which was pretty much the pescatarian diet that killed Steve Jobs. Well, that didn't Steve Jobs... Didn't Steve Jobs just eat a... Uh, well... Cody, you did the it's research. What was fish, the diet? Right? It's fish. You Only fish. fish. It was just fish, but like in such weird and scheduled quantities that it overwhelmed, like, I think his renal system and, you know, put him into a tailspin that eventually he couldn't recover from. It's, it's so strange that in a world where Steve Jobs, the guy who bossed a bunch of people into making things work um, and selling them for a lot of money, died... When Jeremy Piven survived, because I believe that his doctor told him to eat sushi every day, and he got poisoned, and then he woke up and was just like, I'm no genius, I'm Jeremy Piven, and that shit was fucked up. I'm going to eat salad and beef. You know what I'm saying? He's like the actor's Joe Rogan. Yeah, so Ben is eating just like fish and vegetables. That's it. Mm -hmm. So he's still revising his baby book, like up until the 1990s. And he's now filling this book with all of his metaphysical learnings. Um, somehow he had become an expert in diet. Ooh. So for years, he had been saying that milk was one of the best things a growing kid could have, right? Milk builds strong bones. It does. Now he's like, now he's like you should never give your kids milk. It's Satan juice. Right, yeah. No, don't my even mom, cook. My mom don't bought even, that shit. Don't even cook with it. Like, Don't even it- fucking make anything with it. It's like he's so far out on a limb, he doesn't realize he's jumped onto an entirely new tree. Yeah. So I'm getting really sick of talking about this phony boy, and there's that much left of his life. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to say this man was a man that wanted to hate fuck his mom, and he was really Uh full of himself. He was a demeaning control freak and an expert on everything. Right, which is really um, annoying. If we you get can that s- point across. Yeah. You can still buy his baby book that has been revised oh. posthumously. Um, but ask me the question. Um, Travis, how did this idiot do it? So this expert in New Age healing um, throughout the 90s kept getting strokes and heart attacks and pneumonia. Oh, no. <laughs> you can't. Can't stack that up. No. Yeah, let's just say the crystals weren't healing that much, but uh, but at the ripe old age of ninety four, oh, it, 
1997, or sorry, 1998, he died in his home in San Diego. Wow. We don't know what did him in. But it was probably some it was type of stroke or being ninety eight, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. it's being old. <clears throat> Good point. That'll do it. It's not. So, it's not healthy to be ninety eight. No. Yeah, yeah. No. Your doctor's gonna be like, you're gonna die soon. You need. To, yeah. And your I, doctor's gonna be like, you need to stop being ninety eight right now. Go yeah, back the other 94. way. I, can't, I don't know how to do it. Come on. He's got four extra years of the high school career. Yeah, be at least 96, so when I put it in backwards, it's 69, and that's mad sick. And you could be mad sick and live through that. You understand? Fine. It's not, well, look, that- we, it's fine. Sorry. Sorry for those bad series of jokes we just made. Well, that is Ben Spock. If you thought wow. that doc, that Mr. Spock was the only Spock, this was the OG Spock. He did not live long and prosper. Well, he did live long, but he's and he did prosper. Never mind. <laughs> you fucked this. You fucked this entire episode up if that was supposed to be the cherry on top. Yeah, no, it was not even a cherry. Oh, that just that needed just dumb. three more minutes of fucking workshop, Travis, and you didn't. You, you fucking cut the corner. Fuck I'm you. just saying, now you have a little bit of context when uh, you hear uh, passe joke, okay, boomer. Ah, uh, yeah, no, we we went through that already. Also, I I mean, okay, so we found out why our parents hate us. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you also know that uh, Leonard Nimoy uh, hit women and was terrible? But that's we not. That's not. Him. I know. I'm just throwing it out there. That's for you, sci-fi people. I didn't know. Yeah, that's he, why I watch Stargate. I'm not into women abuse. Yeah, well, pff, I am. So I watch Star Trek. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> they painted this one green. <laughs> it is. It's great. Uh, either way, leaps and bounds. We're figuring out why we're so messed up, and we can start there with Doctor Spock, an amazing figure mm-hmm. in parental uh, guidance. A parental guidance, not it's something that doesn't make any sense. It's uh, just uh, you're welcome, milfs. Because yes. now what you know how to raise your children and the dilfs. Listen, make sure you beat those kids. Make sure you hug them in beat between em. beatings. Make sure you give yeah. them that titty milk on top of that carrot puree. The carrot puree is fine. It's got vitamin A or something. I don't know. But give him a tip. Okay? Give him if a tip. You ha- if the baby needs to poop, you might as well make it funny and blast it in your friend's face. Right. And with that, I will say that you should visit patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. Oh, give us that titty milk. Okay? Yeah. Visit uh-huh. roastmortemcast.com and you could wear shirts to hide your titty milk. Yeah, and um, Cody, what do you have to add about this fantastic plug? Uh, you guys took the Patreon. Yeah. All right, there you go. Cody. Send Cody oh, pictures of your titty milk. Yeah, listen. I'm sure you appreciate like it. Travis and I, I are like taking that. Travis and I are taking We don't want to see your milk, but we want to uh, know your... still see your milk. Well, we want, to see, we want to know that your milk is there. So send <laughs> it right to, to Cody to drink out in the Hawaiian Islands. He's going to put yeah, it in the coconut. Don't refrigerate it. No, give, give him that real mommy's milk. Okay. Thanks oh, again, Dr. Spock, for making this episode happen. Thank you for everyone listening. Travis, thanks for the research. Cody, thank you for being here in Toronto. I, I know it's really cold up there. Um, thank myself. Thank Mike. He never shows up. God damn it. Thank you, Shane. It's thank 2021. You. Mike better fucking show up. That fucking bitches, bitches, pussy-ass bitch. I'm like this close to having auditions for a new mic. You know what I mean? I'm close, too. I, I get that. Plunk it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. All right, end the episode.